What's going on, world? This is Joe Cruz here for episode six on the Commissioner Corner podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. Just want to shout out our partners, Red Bull. I am joined by my brother, Randy Cruz, and Chris Henderson. You can follow Randy Cruz at Randy J. Cruz. That's R-A-N-D-Y-J-C-R-U-Z. And Chris Henderson at C underscore Hendo. What's going on, my brothers? How you feeling tonight? Man, great, great. Doing good, man. Doing good. Hey, Glad I, to be here. Thank you. I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I know that tomorrow's NBA draft. Uh, I Just for my audience, Chris Hendo uh, does a lot of work with Randy on many different podcasts. So when it comes to basketball, when it comes to trades, when it comes to anything in, revolving the NBA, he's our uh, Woj. So Chris, man, how you doing? <laughs> Let the world know what's going on and we'll jump right into it. Oh man, you know, just happy to be here. Um, once again, my name is my name is C. Hendo. Of course, my real name is Chris. Um, you know, I come to Dallas Mavericks. This is going to be year number, I want to say ten for me uh, with the Mavericks covering them. Um, so it's a good opportunity. I also cover other teams throughout the NBA when they obviously come in town. I interview all the players. I love video games. I love sneakers um, and music. So I kind of put all three together, and I talk to the players about that as well as basketball. Cover baseball as well. Um, man, just it's going to be a crazy week already as we see, um, you know, last night a lot of things changed, it looks like, in the landscape of the NBA. So yep. I'm just happy to be here, man. So hey. definitely ready to get to it. It's a pleasure. So before we proceed, uh, anybody watching and our fans, subscribe to the Cruise Control Podcast Network on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can follow, again, Chris Henderson at C underscore Hendo on Twitter. He also can be, can um, have con- he has content on chendo.com. So um, Chris, you started covering the Mavs. Um, how you well you said ten years now. Uh, yeah, it's been ten years. Yeah. Have you always been a Mavs fan? And if so, how long was that process? Oh man, so um, yeah, I've been covering the Mavs for ten years. So my first, I would say my first official year was the year before the championship. So you know, I really didn't get a I was happy enough to come in and right win the championship. It's so funny how it works being a fan. Um, I would say being a Mavs fan was difficult, man, because, like, my grandfather, you know, he was a diehard Dallas Mavericks fan, and um, he had season tickets, and we would go to then Reunion Arena, mm-hmm. which was the um, mm-hmm. arena for the Mavericks at the time. And I remember, like I told them before, my first ever basketball jersey was Doug Smith. Wow. For the Dallas Mavericks, number 34. So, um, you know, I just – been doing, been covering the Mavs, man. I've been a fan all my life now. Of course, when Michael Jordan played, I think all of us, in this case, you know, you were a Knicks fan, you were a Jordan fan, so right. you had to be a Bulls fan. And, um, you know, obviously, I went through that stage, but, man, I've always been a Mavericks fan. It's funny because, you know, I have a picture with Jason Kidd when I was younger. Nice. And then I had a picture with Jason Kidd last year. And I just started, I remember I showed it to him. I was like, man, you know, I used to come to games and sit in the front <laughs> row and ask for your autograph. All the time, and yeah, and he was just like, "Wow, you made me feel old." So, you know, it's great that I was able to come in, obviously doing Dirk's prime and ladder prime, and they won a championship. So, I remember being one of those fans did not know who Dirk Nowitzki was, and you know, when they drafted, well, actually, so when they drafted, rest in peace to Robert Tractor Trailer. Yeah. Uh, um, I was like, okay, cool, whatever, and they traded for Dirk. I was livid. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know nothing about Dirk. And, of course, you read the papers. There was several very known writers now 
that um, wrote that Dirk was going to be a bust. They didn't know anything about him, and now look at us now. So Dirk is obviously the greatest player in the franchise history. Um, yeah, man, it's been fun. And then, like, now I got this new kid, number 77, Luka Doncic in town. So, you know, it, it's just pretty cool that I was able to transition to that. Um, unfortunately, like the last few years before Luka, I was in a situation where the team was obviously terrible. Right. So, like, I had to endure that. But, yeah, man, been a lifelong Mavs fan. Um, man, it's just it's just funny how it works, man, how, you know, becoming a being a fan, then you're there. Like, I forget right. sometimes that, you know, I was once, like, that kid in the crowd. So when I see those kids in the crowd wanting autographs, I was that kid, man. Like, I was happy to get a picture with the 12th man on the team as long as he waved at me and gave me a fist pump or something. So it was pretty cool. Hey, so before we get into uh, – Number seventy-seven and 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 uh, Porzingis, uh, talk to us about uh, your relationship with Mark Cuban. I I I had God Sham God on on our show respectfully about yeah. last week ago, and you know we all know he does play development. Talk about you know your, I guess your road to meeting uh, to meeting Mark and that experience you know working with him and 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 partnering with him in terms of what you what you provide online and and covering the maps. Oh, man. And real quick, man, gosh, I'm God, one of my good friends, um, great individual, man. Um, you want to talk about, you know, meeting an uh, all-time basketball player and in respects to, like, the basketball culture. Yeah. I mean, when I met him, I met him, I thought I met I met God. Like, I tell him that all the time. And me and him talk daily. We text daily. And he'll send me a message here and there. And, like, it's just so funny that he has a crossover <laughs> name about him, but he's one of the most humble guys that I ever met. But, you know, Mark Cuban, um, for me, it's so funny because you forget sometimes that he's a billionaire. Yep. Um, because I, I talk to him like he's he's a normal guy, and he, I, he's like one of us. Like he's a passionate fan. Like he likes to argue. As you see, he probably has the most fines ever in NBA history as an owner. Um, you know, just the opportunities that he's get that he's gave me. He's believed in me. He's come on my podcast several times. Right. Um, he he he's always been open to talk with me and like the things that you just don't know about him. Like, it's so funny, like, when the Mavs have home games and stuff, we have a lot of hip-hop artists that show up to the games. Nice. And they sit courtside right next to him. So, like, you'll see two chains with him. And then, you know, my, one of my favorite interviews that I did was Naughty by Nature. And for him to get Naughty by Nature, get trenched in the building was, like, my my greatest, like, thing ever. And I interviewed <laughs> them. I remember when I did. And he had him in Mavs jerseys, which is the craziest thing ever. Yeah. So, you know, Marcus, he's a unique individual, man. And I'm, I'm happy that... Um, you know, I was able to meet him. It's so weird, like, when I watch TV, you watch Shark Tank, and you see this Mark that's, like, a businessman, but then there's this Mark that's a compassionate person, and, like, you know, he's always been good to me, and, like, one thing I do give Dallas Mavericks, their organization, credit for is that when it comes to freelance writers or, you know, people that aren't verified, you know, or people that are trying to make a, you know, come up in the business, right. they give them opportunities to cover the games. Most, most companies don't, most, you know, professional sports teams don't do that. But Mark is really big about, you know, the media. And like I said, the opportunities that he he presents me, man, like when, you know, when you have Mark Cuban, I, I, maybe I take it for granted because of our relationship. But like, you know, Mark, you know, people tell me all the time, you had Mark Cuban on you. I mean, that's like the biggest thing ever. And I forget that Mark is who he is, like I said. And, you know, like I said, Mark is just a great individual, man. I, I You know, I tell people all the time, your owner can make a difference. I know you guys are... Knicks fans, at least I know Randy is, and I know that can be very bad because a lot of people say bad things about Dolan. But like you know, Mark has always been passionate about this team, and like he he's a he's a he's a he's a player's kind of owner. Like I've never heard a player say a bad thing about Mark Cuban. 
So, and you can ask any person that's been around him that's in the media. Yeah. Mark Cuban's always been the man. He sits courtside. You know, the funniest thing ever, I've never seen a professional owner of any kind of sports. He goes before the game. I get there, so if the game starts at 7.30 our time, I would get there at 4 o'clock, right? 4.30. Guess who's on the court shooting around before the game in workout clothes? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. <laughs> every, 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 every home game, he does that. And, and like, every home game, he'll sit there for a minute and then, the media will walk up to him, like people who are there already, and he'll just give everybody time. Like, this yeah. is a guy that's worth a billion dollars. He ain't got to give none of us time, <clears throat> but he gives it. He's always open to interviews. He talks about everything. And like right. I said, just to respect the class that he brings, um, his story is so unique. Like, you know, right. he wasn't, people always think Mark Cuban, he was born into money. He wasn't born into money. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people get Mr. Screw with him. So, you know, he's always been a great individual, man. Like I said, I'm blessed at the fact that he's going on my show several times. I've interviewed him. And, yeah, man, it's so fun because I wanted to I want to ask him so much. But the funniest <laughs> thing ever is that we never really talked about front office stuff. Maybe one time. And I think that was like when Luca first got drafted. And I was like, man, this may be a franchise change. And he was like. He said, this may be the greatest move that we've ever made besides have Dirk Nowitzki. So, yeah. so let me follow that question. And again, I'm going to hold you to that because, I mean, if I need Mark on this show and Randy on this show, we got to get that connected. But <laughs> I, think I, I think we can make that happen. I think I, think I can make that happen for okay, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> speaking about Mark, excuse me, how do you compare him to other owners in the league? I know you primarily work with the Mavs, but mm-hmm. can you talk about any other experiences that you see uh, that's a, a, a straight comparison uh, from his ownership to other ownerships or other owners in the league? Uh, yeah. Um, so, like, you know, obviously you got Tillman Fatita out here in Houston as well. So I had a chance to meet him. Um, he owns a lot of the, the restaurants called Sawgrass and Steakhouses. And, um, you know, I had a chance to meet him. You can still see the difference. Like, right. there's a certain kind of, like, Mark is one of those guys that you can sit in a room with a bunch of us and just talk hoops. And you forget his Mark. Like, a lot of those guys are really business owners. not saying they don't know basketball, but he's very personable. Um, right. Like I said, I had um, my only interaction with James Dolan was a handshake at All Star Weekend, and um, I didn't, I couldn't really say too much. Like I said, he was there, and I know a lot of people they were booing. That's the funniest thing ever. Like we were even in the game, and people were booing when they saw him. Like it was the weirdest thing. But you know, comparing him to like owners, like even throughout sports, like I've been around. Um, I, I met Jerry Jones, Cowboys on You know, he's flamboyant. You know, he's probably the most popular owner in professional sports. You know, rest in peace to George Steinbrenner and, you know, you know, all those, you know, all right. the other owners like uh, and stuff. But like, you know, when it comes to like personality, I don't know if I've ever met one as unique as Mark. Because um, a lot of them are just so business oriented. Like a lot of times talking to fans, like it would be like sort of weird for them. Like, hey, what, what can they, they can't really say much. But Mark is kind of like, a, he's like an open, you know, time bomb. He'll say what he got to say. Right. Like. Like, I remember one time, man, there was a game. This is years ago. The referees kind of cost the Mavs a game, of course. And I remember the next game, the Mavs fans were screaming. Like, ah! And Mark was there. And Mark was like, yeah, you're right. And then, like, <laughs> I remember a few hours, and then, and then I remember a few hours later, they just popped up on Twitter that he ain't got a fine. So I'm like, yeah, that's Mark. And then he, he, you know, it's just so funny because he's such a, such a, you know, like, agitator to those refs. And I know... Like that time he played a prank on April Fools where right. him and the referee start pushing each other. We all thought it was real. Right. Because like Mark is like at that point. Like, <laughs> like I'm surprised the Mavs even have a championship because, you know, you know, karma does itself. But like I said, you know, he's he's one of those guys, man. Like I said, he's such a, a basketball guy. Like Jeannie Buss is the only person I can really think of when it came to that, like 
a passion to it. Because a lot of times it's a money-based thing, right? Right. Um, you know, it's a revenue thing for them. But Jeannie Buss, you know, Dr. Jerry Buss, obviously, I met him before he passed away. That was that was probably life-changing, obviously, because, you know, you're talking about historic preference there. And like I said, I don't know, like, any other, like, I've seen Clay Bennett before, who's Oklahoma City Thunder owner. I didn't speak with him that, that much. But Mark is the only person I've probably ever been around that he's willing to talk to anybody. Like, if you're a guy off the street, he'll just, you, he'll just talk to you. Gotcha. Like it won't be any kind of like black with it, and I think you can you can ask him just about everything. He's gonna answer. So which I, may be good or bad. So I know Rennie knows you well, and mm-hmm. even though we look alike and we're like identical, <laughs> I want to get to <laughs> yes. know you. So, question for you um, from the players' perspective in the locker room: mm-hmm. What is the feedback when they, when Mark name comes up? And again, I don't want this to be about Mark, but it's about the Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. about the trades. But yeah. I want to get a feel from the players' perspective on how you able to receive them in terms of what they think about Mark and his leadership and him being an owner for them? Man, it's so funny because, like, you know, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. I'll just give you examples. When they come in, when those players – I go with the role players first. When they come in town, like all the opposing teams, right. when they see Mark, it's like it's, a, it's, it's, it's like a it's like a family union, you know, like Kobe Bryant. Like, we're talking about in the middle of the playoffs – doing that championship run. Cody Ryan's been in Mamba zone. You know what I mean? Like, he's upset they down too old or whatever, but he sees Mark and, like, they hug it. They, they're hugging. They're dapping up each other. And LeBron James, you know, these guys that are, I mean, in my times, the players respect him. Like, I've never heard of any player not respecting, you know, even, like, how he spoils the, the players. I mean, like, if you've ever been in any locker rooms, you should see the Dallas Mavericks locker room. I like the whole thing. About I heard the about that. I heard about yeah, that. Yeah, like like people seem to forget. Like they were the first ones to put PlayStation and Xboxes in each one of the lockers. Oh. And like that, that, like that new locker room was probably one of the most like like if you saw it, like you would just think it looks like a spaceship. Right. That's what it looks like. It's like literally all white everywhere. It's got marble. It's it's the craziest thing. Lights, LED lights everywhere. And it's like mm. man, it's he takes care of the players. Even like the. You know the the people that work in the organization. Like you never really hear like the coaches saying ah this 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 or like people. You know just recently like with all this COVID stuff, like a lot of the employees were going to lose their job. You know a lot of people did, and Mark took it on his thing to pay them until this. You know obviously this season was start. Wow. So for him to do that, like just his just you know his presence alone is really really good with the players. Um, there's a loyalty factor with him because you know when you look at Dirk Nowitzki, like you never really. We probably won't see that again in professional sports where we have a player stay with one team for his entire career. Yeah. Um, and for him to do what he did for Dirk and Dirk, Dirk trusted him. You know, only Dirk, you know, a lot of times I look at and say, well, I wonder if Dirk would have went to another team, how many more championships he could have won. But Dirk stayed here. You know, Mark is always regrettable when it comes to trades because he hates losing guys. Like, he still to this day regress the Steve Nash move because, mm. like, he thought that he wanted to keep them together. But I think basketball-wise, it may have saved both of their careers in a way because they both became two-time MVP. One became an MVP and a, and a champion. So, you know, Mark, like, when you ask players about him, like, it's that's usually the most exciting thing for them when they come to Dallas. I never forget, um, even though he got traded to the Knicks, you know, when Dennis Smith first came here, he said the greatest thing that, you know, he thought was that, man, Mark Cuban was, like, ecstatic. Like he forgot this is this is the owner of the team. Right. It was like you almost, it was almost like you had the the team manager there and they were screaming and cheering for you. So mm-hmm. the players love it because he's so involved and he knows the game. Like imagine if you're playing a like a lot of times when you go to work, you work your jobs, you're nine to fives. 
they will also know what how to do your job, but they're gonna tell you what to do. And Mark is one of those guys. He's sitting right there behind the behind the rim. He he's yelling at the rest for you. So he's going to bat for you. So you don't get that fine. So you know, Mark. Like I said, the players they're they're very receptive to him, man. And like I just know players across the league when. I know a lot of times Dallas gets shammed on the like free agency thing and like not not everybody comes here or like the narrative is Dallas can't sign free agent. But I know a lot of guys that say they would love to play for Mark Cuban if the situation is always right because Mark Cuban is a you know he's a, he's a he's a proactive on too. If you notice that with all this stuff going on with the um, you know police brutality and everything, he's been very vocal about that. Mm-hmm. You know you get a lot of owners that don't mention anything about it. And obviously, I think everybody's a fan if you're if you're not pro Trump right now. It, you know, he gets into it with Trump all the time. So, you know, that's I think it's pretty unique that he relates to all of us, like our culture. So, like, the young guys, they're excited when they see him because, you know, he knows about hip-hop. Right. He gets the hip-hop artists in. You know what I'm saying? He, he made Dallas a, a pretty cool basketball city. Because, like, nice. growing up here, you would have thought this was a football city. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, man. You could have threw, threw a, a rock in the middle of the arena. Nobody would have, you'd have heard the rock before you heard the crowd. At one point in time, and when he came here, he brought Dennis Rodman. That was like his big, first big thing. That was kind of yeah. unique. And um, people seen the, you know, ever since then he's been this guy that a lot of people like. A lot of the older generation they don't particularly care for it because he's so out there. But man, we love it. Like our generation, as I call us, like the the eighties, nineties, seventies babies, we love two thousand. But we love it because like that's our thing. So yeah, man, Mark. When it comes to players, man, they 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 love them, man. Like even some of the guys that may have been disgruntled here, um, you know, Ray John Rondo is a good example of that. Um, obviously, that didn't, you know, you know, there's stories about how that went down, but you know, Rondo has a, the most, you know, uh, most respect. And you know, a lot of times when I see players come here after they got traded from here, they still hold relationships with this dude. Like he'll be there, like I said, shooting before the game. They'll come over and mess with him and tackle with him, right? And you know, talk noise with him and stuff, and. You know, it's not it's no hard feeling. So yeah, Mark, man, he he's a good guy, man. And like I said, obviously you see with Delonte West right now, what's going on with that. He was one of the one right. of the, you know, first people to try to go find him, you know, and try to help him. Like mm-hmm. Delonte wouldn't listen to anybody and you know, Delonte listened to him. So that tells you how you gotta kinda know, like Delonte had everybody's trying to get Delonte, you know, and right. Mark to come around and Mark do it. That's just that's a that's a blessing, man. Got you. Gary Randy. All right, Chris, I got a few cues in my head right now for you. So the first okay. one I had, uh, we mentioned Sham God about five minutes ago. So we had Sham mm-hmm. God on the show last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if for those who haven't checked it out, go ahead, check it out. We had Sham on here for like two and a half hours, spinning <laughs> a, whole, a whole bunch of stories and doms, and we got to the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, so I uh, Joey asked him for uh for Sham's top five ball handlers. Okay. So yeah. now so now when I put it out on Twitter what the answer was, which was uh Isaiah, Thomas, mm-hmm. uh Crawford in the order. Mm-hmm. Isaiah, Crawford, Kyrie, mm-hmm. White White Chocolate, and Tim Hardaway Sr. So okay. everybody was hitting me, how come Sham didn't put AI in that conversation? And I said, well he did mention AI a little later, but he was torn with putting AI there and, and not. But he said, I'm good with my five. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not put himself in that top five. Even Crawford hit me up and saying, I respect that, but Champ should have put himself in there. Uh, how do you feel about those five ball handlers that that that, that Champ got mentioned? 
that is a classic argument that me and him have every home game besides the dunk contest <laughs> debate that you know about. That's on video because they got Vince Carter to come confront me about that. So that's yeah. another story. But, but um, yeah, man, because, like, I had Jamal Crawford on and, like, Jamal's in my top five. Like I said, I don't have an order, but you got to put Zeke in there, right? Isaiah mm-hmm. Thomas is definitely in my top five. Kyrie may be the best. Of, you know, Kyrie, you know, I know a lot of people give him a bad rap, but when it comes to power, I don't know if we've ever seen a guy like that. I, there was one game he had a move where he did just a little fake out, like a little in and out, like the Steve Smith move that oh, he did yeah, on, yeah. on Steph, mm-hmm. like he did on Steph. I, I was like, oh my God. Like, he just does a lot of stuff with the ball. So I got Kyrie, him. I got, so I got Kyrie, Jamal, white chocolate, man. Like I said, you know, for a minute there, I tried to be a Sacramento Kings fan because of him. Like I, I remember, I remember when TNT, TNT wasn't the biggest thing on basketball like at that time. But I remember when they started doing TNT, and he was they were showing Sacramento games. Like Doug Christie is one of my one of my good friends. I tell him all the time they made me enjoy basketball in the early 2000s when I thought it was all done because Michael Jordan was gone. Like I thought it was no hope. I was like, oh man, we done lost MJ. Yeah, he ain't gonna never be the same. White chocolate was like my favorite. I hated the day they traded him for Mike Bibby. I love Mike, but you know, I thought that that was the worst thing ever. So I got white chocolate, Jamal, Kyrie. Um, man. No, you got four. You said Isaiah, white chocolate. Isaiah. Uh huh. Kyrie, Jamal. Jamal, that's four. My fifth. So oh, the fifth, yeah. like, since Sam got us, like, like I told him, I said, I don't know too many guys got a crossover name. Right. And I, and, and that doesn't make sense to me. How like, I don't know who you could put in fifth uh, over him. I always say it's him. But if I couldn't put him in there because he doesn't like to be in there, man. You got, so many. You got. But I got one. And I know nobody mentions this guy. But at one point in time, I don't know anybody in the world that wanted to go against Steve Francis. Nice. Like Steve Francis, Steve Francis, man, I, you know, I go back and watch a lot of his stuff on Shout the Ball is Life. You know, you go back and watch these things on YouTube and stuff. And he had one of the deadliest, like, pump fakes, like, little, like, his crossovers were so, like, it's like it was a perfect motion. Um, obviously, Skip to My Lou comes to mind, Ray Frost, and, you know, now if you right. go street ball, I start naming all the N1 dudes, recipes to Ali Mo. Uh, all those guys, you know, mm-hmm. you can go all the hot sauce, you know, professor, yeah. of course, who's the man now. Um, I can name all of them, you know, headache, shout out to headache, all those guys. But yeah, man, I'm going to say um, Steve Francis, because there was a point in time where like people forget how he's going to be one of those guys. We look back like him, Stephon Marbury, right. You know, all, and Baron Davis, those point guards that weren't like, MVPs or like just the household names, even though they were to us, but they're gonna get me forgot. Like Steve Francis at one time, man, was the man. Like people don't realize that he That's was the way. man. Like like he was out there in the dunk contest, being six foot tall, probably doing his thing. And like I say, I got Steve Francis in my top five. No disrespect to Allen Iverson, but the only thing I tell people this all the time with Allen Iverson, while I think he may be outside of, I think Zeke is the greatest small under you know or six foot. Or under person not named Tiny Archibald, mm-hmm. but I would say Iris is right there with them. But Iris's most patented crossover was considered today as a what? Carry. Exactly. Yeah, so you know, you pawn the ball and all that stuff. But um, yeah, man, Rod Strickland comes to mind because I tell you what, Rod Strickland can have a rock. You want to talk about Kyrie? I mean, that's like the implant of Kyrie right there, a mixture of all of them. So yep. yeah, man, and to me, I just feel like if you have a list. There is no way you don't put Kyrie in that list. Or I think he may be the only like him and Jamal Crawford 
would always be unanimous because somebody could say Baron Davis, which I wouldn't have a problem with, you know. Right. But, but like I said, White Chocolate Man and Steve Francis, that was a great time, man, for us in the 2000s. We were blessed to have those kind of guys, man. I wish we had them today for, for sure. social media for and sure. stuff. Exactly. Um, with that being said, we had Sham um, talk about Luca. So mm-hmm. the question was out there about is Luca right now a top five player in the mm-hmm. NBA? So obviously, many would say LeBron, AD, Kawhi, James Harden, those guys. Um, I mean, you see Luca every day, and you see the growth of mm-hmm. the rookie year to now. He's, mm-hmm. he's getting 30, 10, and 10 in his second year, all star, starting all star. Yeah. Just that he's like 20, 21 years old, the sky's the limit for him. But in your honest opinion, do you agree with him saying that Luca right now is top five in the league right now? Or is he like in the outside looking in? I could put him at number five. I could. Um, and the reason why I would say he could he's top five is for one reason. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Rick Carlisle as a head coach. Even with Dirk, I've never seen him let up as much on a player. And that tells me all I need to know. And what I mean by let up is this. When one player makes a mistake, Rick Hall is quick to go to the bench, you know, to the to the back of the line. Luca can make a turnover. He doesn't care. I've seen Luca check himself into a game. Imagine that. <laughs> Rick Hall, like, like, like when you can do that to me, that lets me know you're you at serious? a different level. You checked yourself in the game? Really? I literally, if I, if I can remember this. Look, I know there's Mavs fans right now that are watching this. I need somebody to text me, tweet me. There was a game where he checked himself in. He was like, nah, I'm going. He literally just walked past Rick and just put himself in the game. Like, and for him to do that, and I could be wrong with that. Maybe it was, Rick may have told him in a slight little gesture way to come back in, but it didn't look like that from the way we saw it in the press box. So um, I, I think from a skill standpoint, you know, I remember pre-draft, I kept, I was all on social media, especially like, you know, Facebook and Twitter, I was like, this kid Luka Doncic is unreal. I was asking NBA guys like Kevin Durant, you know, I was asking some of the best NBA players, like, have y'all seen this kid before? And obviously, OKC had a chance to match up with him when he was 16, 17 years old. And in the, in the, before the season started, they, they matched up with him. And all of them said the same thing. He is very skilled. Now, of course, the question became, is his athleticism going to be good enough for the NBA? And I just remember, you know, last year, the first home game, they played Bradley Bill and the Washington Wizards. And Bradley Bill after the game said, I don't know if I've ever seen a 20-year-old look this good in my life. And that's a and that's, and, a, and that's an all-star two-guard yeah. solid in the East, yeah. telling you that. So that's, that's, that's legit. Yeah. And, and every time I've interviewed players, I kind of, you know, for the sake of the marriage fans, you know, and that fan base, obviously, I ask every player, what do you think about this Luca kid? And the same answer comes up, unreal. Like they all get this. Like a lot of them say it's like watching a, a prodigy almost. Like we, I, you know, a lot of times we just it's so weird how it is. Like because he he's not the fastest, you know, he's not the he's not the most athletic. Mm. He may not even have the best handles in the world. Obviously, he doesn't have the best passing. He may definitely not the best shooter, but it's like he the game looks so easy. And I remember a quote that he had where he said, the NBA is going to be very easy in scoring. And I remember a lot of people took that as an arrogant comment, like, oh, man, right. here we go. He's going to, he's going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to rope him up. And he's coming here and he's at the age of 20, now 21. He, he's already a threat. And what I mean by threat is like, people now can say Dallas is a playoff team because of him. 
not Durkin. I don't know, like, look, in the last 15, 20 years, I've never seen a 20 on nine name LeBron have that impact. Like, you know, it's very rare when you get a guy that season already. And also, he has experience. Because the number one thing players mention is this. He was a kid playing against grown men. So it's sort of an advantage for him to, like, if you had the uncle that was a boxer and you sparred versus him, as you become a pro, the experience that you had was already there. So yeah. I would say definitely if you were doing a draft, see, that's the question that should, you know, I would ask. And I ask people all the time because when I say top five, you say, oh, no, he's not. But then I ask this. If you could draft a player today, if you were number five in the draft, LeBron mm-hmm. James is gone. Giannis is probably gone. AD is gone. And whoever you got for it. There's no way I would look up and say, if you had a choice between James Harden and Luka right now, who would you take? Probably just going forward. Yeah, so my thing is my thing is this. For him to even be in that class and he's only 21 years old, like I don't even know like we could have said it. So I'm looking, I'm thinking about LeBron. So when LeBron came in the league, that's say age 21. This is year before the finals, I believe, that he went to. So we're talking about 2006. Was LeBron considered a top five player at that point? With Kobe in the league, Trace McGrady still in his you know, prime whatever before the end of the Yeah. Carmelo Anthony's in the league. At that, doing- at that time, you had what? Kobe, Duncan, Garnett. Dirk. Dirk was in the Yeah, Dirk was in the D-Wade. Yeah, D-Wade. Yeah, so, I, I just don't know if we've ever seen a guy at this age. Like, maybe Magic Johnson's the first one that comes to my age 20. Mm-hmm. That was like, when you knew. Because, like, Magic Johnson at age 20 was in the finals, right? Yeah. Uh, or whatever it was. So he was like finals MVP at this point, 21. So like, I don't know from a skill standpoint, have we ever seen a guy this developed already? Because LeBron was more like, okay, we knew he had a great IQ. He had skill. But his biggest thing was he was a freak, an athletic freak. Exactly. Whereas Luca's like, there's not an athletic. Like if you saw Luke in person, you would forget that he was if you didn't realize how tall he was. <laughs> like he doesn't look, he doesn't present himself as like the ultimate like robot, like superhuman kind of player. So, yeah, man, I, I would put him in my top five. Um, I was so happy the Mavericks draft him because I was afraid that um, – I just knew Phoenix would do the right thing. And I'm not saying Aiden is a bad player, but when you go get his head coach and you do everything in the world, you scout this guy, you get his head coach for, for the first year, you get his head coach from Real Madrid. You do everything in your power and you draft DeAndre Aiden. Then, of course, I'm thinking, oh, well, Sacramento got to go get him, right? Come on, man. Vladi Divac hates his dad. So guess what? They skipped him. They go get Marvin, Marvin Bagley. And look, Marvin Bagley's my guy, but boy, I would mm-hmm. hate to be known as the guy that got drafted. And then, of course, Atlanta. Look, Trey Young is going to be one of the best players that we see in this generation. Right. But I wonder, do you not, do you go back, if they go back today, do they not take Luka? Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like, look, I get it maybe from a, you know, I hate to bring it up, but like from a race standpoint, Atlanta is predominantly black. Maybe the ideal of like having a European player as your headlining player may not work in Atlanta right. from a ticket sale standpoint. So maybe yeah. that was the case. But Trey Young is going to be a great NBA All Star. You know, I think they make the playoffs this coming up here because of that as well. So right. we're going to see. But um, yeah, man, Luca, man, when the old heads start coming to you, I remember, man, we were at a game, man, and Larry Bird is at this game. And look, y'all, I don't get afraid of many guys. I've been around LeBron, <laughs> KD. I don't get many, you know, I don't get too afraid of certain guys, right? But you got afraid of Bird? Like, you got afraid of Bird? Man, I got afraid of Bird because, like, first off, 
you know, you hear the stories and then you see the videos. It's like, oh, man, he is no way he should be doing that. Like, mm-hmm. he was the slowest guy on the court, but he was just amazing. Yeah. And I remember Larry Bird said, that kid got skill. And he said, I've never said much about, you know, many kids outside of LeBron, but he's the next thing. Seriously. He's a problem. And people started throwing out the comparisons with him and Larry Bird because obviously skin color is one reason why, as you know, and also the the, the flair. Like, look, Luka plays with a certain flair. He makes the, the ooh-eye player and once my bird did the same thing, but they do it at their pace. So, yeah, man, I, I put Dirk, I, I mean, I put Luka in my top five. I think if I was drafting, I mean, you may, look, I love LeBron. I think LeBron's the best player in the world still today. But if you're drafting today, I don't know how you can convince somebody to take, maybe not Giannis or AD or LeBron. I don't know how you can tell somebody I could take such and such over Luka right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't see how. I don't see how. Like, mm-hmm. this dude's only 21 years old. We don't know what the rest of the future will look like. And people saying he's maxed out on his peak potential. Well, if he's averaging 30, 10, and 9 <laughs> in his peak potential at age 21, my God, we're going to have that for the next 10 years? Come on, man. Yeah. No right. question. That's crazy. So you, you mentioned you were – you started working with the Mavericks in 2010? Well, I would say 2009. So like the end oh, of nine. 2009. Like, yeah, oh, nine, yeah. Okay, perfect. Because that means I'm not sure if you if you were at this game. Okay. I'll, I'll find it right now. But you mentioned Mark Cuban and Kobe earlier, and I always go back to this. Oh my God! It's yeah, I think I, yeah. I can't really and see it. it. I can't see it. Yeah, it's real I, I think I know which game. I, I is this a sixty-three point game? He says amnesty that to. Mark Cuban, because now the story was that Mark Cuban was saying uh, that trade, Kobe trade. had the big contract. L.A. should amnesty Kobe Bryant, and that he had a big game against the Mavericks in Dallas. And the first tweet Kobe said was, amnesty that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark to this day regrets that because Kobe had a vengeance <laughs> not for us. I think it all started with the 63-point game. Like uh, Kobe goes off on us and like, we had bad history versus the Lakers as an organization. Like, y'all don't remember. You you guys may remember this, but a lot of basketball fans don't realize we had the ugliest uniforms ever when we faced the Lakers that night. When we had the silver uniforms. Silver, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I wouldn't. That was probably the first year doing the prime of, like, dirt and, like, great things that happened. I did not feel good about that team because we had both Antoines. We had all this stuff on there, and I was like, oh, man, this ain't going to go good. And, of course, like I said, you love Mark Cuban, but then there's the other Mark Cuban. He's going to say something crazy that's going to probably rile up one of the players. And, of course, it's Kobe. Out of all people you rile up, it's Kobe. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's so funny. They talked about that one day. And, you know, Mark when Mark had a good relationship with Kobe. Um, because you got to remember, there was a rumor. Well, it wasn't a rumor. It was pretty much a done deal. Pre all this happening, Kobe was supposed to be a Dallas Maverick. That was a trade on the table. Um, if you go look at the history of that, the Mavs had a trade on the table, and Jerry West, I believe, at the last minute vetoed the trade because he had to think about it. But the Mavs would end up having Kobe Bryant on their team. They tried their hearts to get Kobe. They won't for who? Kobe for who? who? I think at the time it was going to be Steve Nash, Michael Finley. So obviously you're going to get Steve Nash where he's the MVP. So you're going to get an MVP pair. I think the idea was to pair Dirk and Kobe. Wow. And, and it's been variations of that story, but Mark confirmed it with me that they were all in on getting him. It was going to be him or Shaq. And this is right after everything happened in 2004 with the whole breakup. They had their 
fake super team with Carl Malone and all them, and here comes, you know, the match had the assets. Like, they had, like you said, Steve Nash. You had all these guys uh, that still could play. And the Mavs were trying to, I guess, Mark wanted to really go in all on Kobe. Like, I don't know the exact variation of it, but that was always admiration to get Kobe. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, he didn't hate Kobe. So, But I know Mark. Mark sometimes play, likes to play chess. He'll, he'll tell a player, like, I know that's history between him and Carmelo Anthony, of course. Um, those Denver them Denver series are crazy. Um, but yeah. one thing that all the players do say that, you know, Mark is probably one of the most passionate owners. And when you got an owner that it isn't all about money, but he's actually there rooting for you or yeah. rooting against you, that, that got to bring something to it. But, yeah, that as a Mavs fan, I hate that. Because we always get the brunt in on social media. I remember the Rockets did the social media thing with the dead horse. They got the social media perfect <laughs> car. Like, yeah, now we can bring that up now because yeah. it's over for them. Mm. So, you know, I just did think it, that, like, it's crazy. Did it, did it, didn't Puffy design those uniforms, the, the green ones or the, or the silver ones, right? He did, he did the green ones, um, the one with the mask, like the cursive sort of looking mask. Okay. Like silver, I believe, I believe, yeah. I, I think he may have done the silver ones. So I just know that a guy that I do a radio show with out here, he actually has a picture in that jersey. I don't even know how he got the jersey. It was year, the, the year it came out, and mm-hmm. it's the ugliest jersey I've ever seen. And I asked him, I said, <laughs> you know what? The, the, for the sake of basketball, you, y'all should bring that back for one night just to give us that, you know. That throwback. You know, because like, because you know what? A lot of times when we thought jerseys were ugly, now they probably look pretty cool. Because, like, I'm not going to lie to you. There were people who thought the Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys were ugly. Now they look the greatest throwbacks ever. That's a mm-hmm. fact. So, That's a fact. Yeah. So, so, you know, you got to think about it. a lot of times we, we look at these uniforms and say, I don't like them. And then you bring them back. Oh, man, they, they look oh, great. I missed them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. He said that they, they buried those uniforms because we got destroyed that game. That was the game where Kobe just went. Completely off. I think we lost about fifty that game. So yeah, Damn. that was like it for them. Because when you sweat, they turn brown. Mm. They were like platinum silver, and they turn brown when you sweat. I got one more uh, before Joe goes. Um, next, uh-huh. um, with Mark Cuban being the subject right now, when mm-hmm. obviously he was the architect to bring to draft Dirk and then bring Steve Nash in from Phoenix back mm-hmm. in the day. Now when he trades for Luca. In his mind, now with you know here in New York about the possibility of KP wanting out, mm-hmm. and do you think in Mark Cuban's mind he's saying, "All right, I can recreate Dirk and Nash 2.0 with Luca, and I got to get Porzingis here." Do you think in that process he wants to curate a 2.0 of Nash and Dirk by having Luca and KP on, on on the Mavericks? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember I asked him, and I said. This is sort of reminiscent of having those two. You may have a better version of those two with these two young ones because they're already ready sort of to play. Like, Dirk didn't really blossom until, you know, maybe 2003, when we started seeing more of Dirk. Like, okay, he could be the guy, potentially. Um, Nash, obviously, was a late bloomer because even Nash, he was an all-star with the marriage, but he wasn't MVP Steve Nash. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, he's thought about that, but he also said that, we never had those two guys. Like, we got them when they were young because Nash is already in Phoenix for a couple of years. So, right. you know, the story was that we didn't know if he was going to be good enough to be in the NBA, maybe a good role player, but he ended up being the MVP, obviously. But his whole thing was like this. You know, there is nobody you can really compare to Luka, but the whole thing with KP was like, man, he's Dirk's height, obviously taller. He can shoot like Dirk. He can shoot pretty good, but Dirk is obviously great, one of the greatest mid-range shooters ever, but 
he could do everything. And if I can get him paired up with this kid, because he's thinking his logic is this. When you look across the league with the Giannis situation, Milwaukee is scrapping right now to put pieces together so he doesn't leave. The mm. fear that the marriage, the fear that the marriage have is like, look, we may not hit on free agency, but we may have just hit in the draft with one of the greatest players ever that could be a potentially one of the greatest players ever. We got to make sure that he has all the pieces, so we're so he can't say, well, the reason why I left is because y'all didn't want to trade JJ Hickson for Amari Stoudemire. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? So, oh, like you can't, you know what I mean? Like so. Yeah, man, I think he wanted that 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 duo because the league is going back to that. And that's what I love about this NBA now. We're not getting the big threes uh, unless case Brooklyn pulls off this James Harden trade. It's getting back to that old, like, hero sidekick. Hero sidekick on each team. And I like that because we don't know. It gets some sort of uncertainty. And what great feeling to have is to have a 21-year-old now and a 24-year-old. And I mean, I know for Knicks fans, it's tough because, you know, KP, and obviously now with Mass fans, we know KP's not going to be ready for the season. You know, the injuries are concerning, but, you know, you still got Luka. And if both of those guys are healthy, we saw what they did versus the Clippers, being young guys. Luka's first playoff series was versus the Clippers. And you're literally one KP injury away from making it to the next round. So mm. I think that Mark looked at that and said, you know, we got to get him. And I also think that at the standpoint, when someone's unhappy, you got to hit when the iron's hot. Like, look, man, I love Dennis Smith. He's he's one of my good friends. But I don't know if there's any way possible I would say no to that trade if I was a marriage fan. Like, I know there was some uncertainty, but you're getting a guy at 24, 25 years old in KP that, you know, the future is bright. Yes, he has injury concerns, but. When he's healthy, he's a problem. Now, the best thing that you have is this. He's not your main guy. He's one of your guys. He's the second best player on your team right now. Right. And then I think in most cases, KP in certain cases could be your best guy. Because, look, he has a rare thing that Luka doesn't have, and that's size. He has height. And nobody can stop seven foot. When he's on fire, we saw in the playoffs versus the Clippers, he had a game where he was just unstoppable. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, if this is the KP – that you can get along with Luca. Right. Oh man, you got the next ten years. Think about this: ten years from now, KP is thirty-four and Luca is thirty is thirty-one. Wow, crazy. So just think about that. You you can be able to build around. That. I think he mm-hmm. understands that. Like you know, the blueprint was Oklahoma City. All these great teams that we've seen, where they had the dynamic duos early and let them learn together, and now they got a coach that you know that understands the game, that knows how to coach egos and stuff, and. You know, we'll see. I did, but I do know for sure. He was like, I, I didn't know what they were going to do at first, but I think the thing that changed that was the fact that the Mavericks were competitive that second year. And people don't seem to realize that before they got KP, mm-hmm. we had Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, all these guys, and they were actually winning basketball games. And it was like, okay, then Luka took this next step mm-hmm. in his rookie year. Like, it was already there. He's already averaging 25, 7, and 4. All right. We got to figure out something here because we can't walk out with the same team next year and just be 500. Right. And you saw the difference when KP and Luke on the, on the floor together. This team was a – before KP got – or Luka got hurt early in the year, the Mavs were top three, four seed in the, in the West. And, you know, things happen, injuries. But, yeah, man, you I think he knew. I think he knew. And I also think that, like, when you are familiar – and I also think we need to credit Donnie Nelson. 
Donnie Nelson, true. Um, the son of son of Don Nelson. Yep. You know, he was the he's the main reason why you got Luca. Because I hate to give Mark the bad rap on this one, but the story is the Mavericks almost well, wasn't almost. Donnie Nelson wanted to draft Giannis. And Mark Cuban told him no. That was a story that's been told. I don't know how true it is. Mm. You can go look this up. I know people right. have different yeah. I can't I don't know if Mark would do that, but apparently that was a story about that and Donnie Nelson had been scouting Luca forever. So he knew. Mm. And then, of course, I've always heard the rumbles around here about KP for years. Like, man, you because KP used to be the heir apparent to Dirk. Like, okay, we got to get him in here somehow. And luckily, I mean, look, the Knicks got a couple picks out of it. You know, I don't think any of the players outside of Dennis are still on the team anymore. So, you know, the Mavs got lucky. And I think Mark's idea is this. If we can't sign nobody, we're going to trade for him. And we traded for two of those guys. We didn't draft Luka. We traded for him in the draft. Right. You didn't draft KP, you traded for him. Think about this. For Luka Doncic, you got Cam Reddish. You gave up Cam Reddish and Trey Young. Just think about that. And for KP, you gave up for K and for KP, you gave up DeAndre Jordan, who's no longer on the team. Wesley Matthews, who's no longer on the team. Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. and two picks that we may not even be good picks now that the Maris are a legitimate playoff team. So and yeah, when, when you when you when you see when you look uh, see the Knicks roster, all we got left is Dennis Smith and those, and those draft picks. No Jordan, no Matthews, and it was just listen. We could talk all day about that KP trade, about whether it was good or not for New York, whether they wanted it, whether the KP wanted to stay. I, I don't know. Um, I'm asking you this before Joe goes next. Um, mm-hmm. If Luca and KP remain healthy. Mm-hmm. And don't get traded somewhere else, and they mm-hmm. on the Mavs for the next ten years. Mm-hmm. Should the Mavericks have one title with those two guys on the roster, at least? I think I would say one, um, because I think that right right now in the NBA, when you look at the best teams right now, the Lakers obviously got LeBron and AD. I don't know what AD's health is going to be like <laughs> in the next five years. Because that's his biggest concern. He's obviously one of the three best players in the world, but you can't trust yourself. And I look, if LeBron's playing ten years from now, my God, he's the greatest player ever, right? We, we probably <laughs> we all gonna, we all need to see we all need to see that at this point. Right. Look, I'm already saying if he makes it to year twenty like this, I may have to go. And we're gonna have to concede that that greatest player thing. Like I get it, but oh, yeah, um, yeah, because I mean, right now when you look at the league. What team has, outside of Boston, with Jason Tatum and Brown, I don't know another team that has those kind of two players where you can say legitimately, like, we're talking about one guy that could be the best player in the league and the other guys literally could be top 10 when he's healthy. I don't know if another team is built like that right now. So, and also they're getting their their wounds out of the way. Like, they're already getting their little losing out of the way. Um, Hopefully the injuries don't happen because both of them, the biggest concern for both of those guys, even though Luca plays hurt, Lucas had several ankle injuries where it sort of set him back 10, 12 games here and there. Um, KP, obviously, the injury history just speaks up. That's the biggest concern with KP. A lot of people don't want KP because of the injuries. Other than that, it's not a skill issue. So I think so. Um, obviously, I don't know what Rick Carlisle's at in 10 years from now because he'll be in his 70s then. So I don't know if he's going to be coaching still. Um, but I do think that, like, with Rick Carlisle now, I could say in five years, I can look up and see them as a championship team. Because look, man, coaching changes everything. What we saw in Miami this year 
we saw a team that may have not been as talented as Boston, but we saw a team that was coached very well. Yep. When you look at like the Spurs, when the Spurs got Tim Duncan, they became an instant title contender. And then they started adding the Parkers, the Ginobili's, mm. all these guys that are, um, you know, just elite players. So I think Dallas has opportunity. And also, look, Luka's a guy that people want to play with. Like, he's the new, hey, cool guy. Because I think that's a good thing for the Mavericks. They finally, like, look, Dirk was a great guy. Dirk is one of my favorite people. But I don't know if people want to play with Dirk like they would want to play with Luka. If that makes sense. Like, Dirk is the ultimate nice guy. Like, I don't know if Hurstnick can say Dirk is mean. Dirk, Dirk's the, the great human being. But Luka presents a certain, like, I got to play with him kind of attitude. Like, right. LeBron, those kind of guys. So, yeah, I think I think with the, the way the Mavericks aren't cheap, that's another thing. Mark Cuban is not cheap. He understands that you got to spend money to win. So he's been there. And think about it. In Dirk's career, Dirk went to two NBA finals. And arguably could have went to more. Obviously, he had the ankle injury the one year where they, they should have beat the Spurs, and he breaks his ankle, basically. And, right. you know, they they went to championships with Dirk and Josh Howard. Let's just think about that. <laughs> and look, I look, 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 I'm not throwing jazz out to Josh Howard. He's a coach out here now in college, but that 2006 Mavs team with the championship where you had Dirk, Josh Howard, Devin Harris in a starting, and they went to the finals. And Eric Gampier. They were in the finals. Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, I think, that? you know, yeah. Wow. Then they had Jay Kidd? But then they had Jay Kidd with no, uh, no. 2011. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah Jay Kidd yeah. came to the second championship, man. I mean, they knew at that point what to do to put together, so I think so. I I won't say I won't get too glorious to say two or three, but man, I think they definitely have one. In ten years, oh, I think they have one. And look, man, they can start early. Depending on how all this shakes out, like look, Brooklyn has a small window with these two guys. So, I mean, and my thing on Giannis is wherever he ends up. Now, what you better hope doesn't happen is a situation where the Mavericks end up being a super team, where like if Giannis says, you know what, I like them too because I the stories are out. People are already saying, like, the one sneaky team you got to worry about is Dallas because there won't be any sort of, like, weird reputation thing. Like, well, he joined a super team. He joined a team that was winning. Dallas is on the come up. And if he comes to Dallas, you put a guy like Giannis with Luka and KP, oh, my God. First off, I can't spell none of your names anyway. So that's gonna be, <laughs> I'm going to call an international house or something. International house or something. That's what we're going to be. I mean, look, we enjoyed it out here, man. We love the international guys, so. League of Nations. Luca, KP, and Giannis, League of Nations. Oh, there you go. I like that. You, you know better what? you better co-sign that. That's that's a good word, right? That's a good ah, phrase. Man. You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm gonna have to give I'm gonna have to give y'all Mark Silver. You need to feed that to Mark because my thing on Mark Mark would love that, and I think that could be trademark because that would be a oh, that may be it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You heard it yeah. first. You heard it first from from from, yeah. from Chris Hendo. Hey Chris. Yeah, man, so let me ask you this question. I know that you spoke about Nash so eloquently and how much you have respect for him. So talk about oh, man, him. Yeah. Talk about him getting now his uh, first coaching job as a net. And mm-hmm. there was a rumor and I think it was pretty much confirmed that Dirk that he asked Dirk to be his coach and he said no. Mm-hmm. I talk about, you know, Nash being a coach and that Dirk experience uh him not choosing to be an assistant coach with uh Nash. Yeah, Dirk is the ultimate, the the ultimate lifer, if that makes sense. 
Like, he's never going to do anything outside of Dallas. Like, look, I think you can offer Dirk all the money in the world. He would never go to another franchise right. and help them out in no kind of facet. Like, he is the ultimate, you know, I'm Dallas, pro-Dallas, everything. Like, he could have left Dallas many a times. He took pay cuts for us to go sign, you know, uh, Chris Kamen, <laughs> you know, sign all these guys that weren't all-stars or maybe not I won't say one of all but you know, he wasn't going to do that. But now Steve Nash, I mean, look, you know, my first interview in the NBA was Steve Nash. Ironically. So, really? you know, Steve, Steve, Steve holds a special place in my, in my basketball heart because, you know, he's a great guy. Yep. You know, you, you probably don't see too many videos of him, but he's very funny, very charismatic. I, I honestly think that was the greatest thing that may have happened in Dallas when they lost him because I don't think Dirk would have became Dirk. Because they were so much, they were like buddies. They hung out. You would see them at the local bar hanging out. So, you know, I think it was a weird scenario, but I think Steve's going to be perfect. You know, Steve is a former player. He's been around egos before. Think about it. He was on that Phoenix team. I'm not saying Amari and those guys are egos, but he's been on teams where they were considered with a lot of all-stars. Sean Marion, yep. all those guys. And um, Jay Rich. He brought in Mike yep. on Yeah, Jay Rich. I mean, look, the list goes on. They had Joe Johnson coming off the bench. Boris Dial. That's a fact. You know, we yeah. talk about one of the best teams never to win a championship, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that he understands this generation of players. And I like that because now we're getting to the point where you're getting basketball guys, younger guys to coach now, like the Nick Nurses of the world. You know, there's a lot of young coaches. Like, I don't like to see retreads. Like, a lot of times we're getting a lot of retreads in basketball. Like, Guys that are getting 10 opportunities to coach. You know, like, no offense. I love Thibodeau, what he brings. But, man, I would have loved to see, you know, some young guy like, I mean, like, not saying like Monty Williams, obviously, but like somebody that hadn't had an opportunity to coach. Like, you know, like, like you know, Steven Silas just got a job out in Houston. One of the best assistant coaches I've ever met. Obviously a Dallas Maverick guy. So, you know, but yeah, Steve, man, look. When you get co-signed by Kyrie and KD, and I'm not going to say KD so much, but Kyrie co-signed for you, that's huge. Um, and it's not saying that's a bad thing on Kyrie, but, you know, the reputation comes with it. Um, no doubt. He's a, he's, a, he's a smart basketball guy. Like, look, I know Steve Nash gets, you know, excuse my language, shitted on for winning 10 MVPs. Because a lot of people say he shouldn't have won the MVPs, right? Like, they always throw that up that Shaq should have won one, Kobe should have won one. Um, but Steve Nash is a is a basketball savant when it comes to like the game. Um, the way he 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 understands the game and he's been the guy that wasn't the guy. So what better coach would you have? As he could tell you, like, look, man, I was the guy that sat the bench that everybody thought couldn't play. Right. And then I and it's two time MVP. I mean, if you got a young team, that would be the ideal dream. And I think he'll be fine. Look, he has Mike D'Antoni there as an assistant, which I think that's the perfect thing for Mike D'Antoni. Speaking of retreads, I think that's the perfect thing. Him assistant coach, he can just focus on their offense, get the offense to be running and stuff. And right. I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a great opportunity for him, man. And look, him, Steve Kerr, they're blessed to get opportunities to coach well-established teams because most of these guys don't get that situation. I don't right. come to the NBA. They got to coach the worst team in the league. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's going to get an opportunity to shine. Hopefully they don't do anything crazy where if Brooklyn loses in the first year in the first round, they fire him because off of, like, hey, he didn't do anything. But I think he's going to be fine, man. Like, he, he has such a basketball mind. Like, he was an intricate part of the Warriors. You know, I remember asking Clay Thompson about that. Like, 
How was Steve Nash? Like, he's never got brought up in that Warriors scenario, if you ever noticed. We never hear about Steve Nash in that war. You hear a little ADB stories, but KD brought it up. You know, Clay Thompson said he was a great part of the organization. You know, this is a guy that, um, like you said, his story alone yeah. makes you want to listen to him. So, and he's smart. Man, like, my God. He, he he has a rare he has rare numbers in the NBA, 50, 40, 90. The list goes on and on. So I I think from an IQ standpoint, I love the move. I hope I hope that he succeeds at it. Um I hope it's not too much though, because yeah, yeah you are gonna be co- you are gonna be coaching uh, you know, K D and I think K D is obviously one of the best players in the world, but then you got Kyrie too. And like I said, we all got our opinions on Kyrie. I think Kyrie's a hell of a basketball player, but there's this other side that people seem to think Kyrie is the most uncoachable player. So we're going to see. Yeah. So let me ask you that real quick because I want to go into these uh, NBA trades and updates and drafts. So um, you mentioned about uh, Steve Nash and Kyrie. How do you think Steve Nash's presence or Steve Nash's basketball savant would rub off or help Kyrie's game to what we think already is great? How can he become greater in working with Steve Nash? Uh, I think the ideal of managing a team. Um, Steve Nash was able to make Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, like we mentioned that Phoenix team from those earlier mid-2000s or late-2000s. He was able to get those egos aside and make those guys work together. Right. Um, I think Kyrie has never been able to lead a team, if that makes sense. Yes. He's always been a great player, but the leadership part has always been the issue. Like, look, we know Kyrie can get a bucket. We know Kyrie is showtime, everything. But we never said once that Kyrie was the greatest leader in the world. It's, it's seemingly funny. Every team that he's left has gotten better. That makes right, sense. Right, right. Outside of Cleveland. Outside of Cleveland. LeBron. <laughs> LeBron, you know, you know, LeBron got him to the finals out there, but Boston seemed to play better basketball when he left, right? Right. So, you know, I think that maybe he learns a lot from the, the leadership side. And also, look, man, you, there's some skill set things there that can be taught. Like, look, Nash is, like I said, that Red Club's 50, 40, 90. Kyrie ain't never been in there. Yeah. KD has, but sure. Kyrie ain't never been in that situation. So maybe Kyrie teaches him a few things, like hey, how to make those extra passes, how to how to not waste the shot clock out by dribbling twenty seconds out of the shot right. clock. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to see that as fans. I enjoy it because it's Kyrie. But I think that yeah, man. I think from a mental standpoint, it's going to be huge because what better person to know? I mean, Steve Nash done played with some crazy people. So yeah. you know, Steve Nash done been leaving. You know, so who wouldn't know about egos? Right. You know, who wouldn't know? And it's, it's great that you get somebody that was in that generation. And I think that's a respect there because how could you go to a two-time MVP and say, well, you don't know nothing about basketball. <laughs> see, to me, I think the whole time. See, see, my thing is this. I, I think the thing is this with Kyrie. is respect. Brad Stevens. You get respect. Yeah, Brad, Brad, Brad Stevens, was, you know, he's a good coach. But Brad Stevens ain't got no skins on the wall outside of what he did at Butler. You know what I mean? So we're not saying, hey, you know. You know, and then he had who he had in Cleveland, you know, Frank Vogel, the list go not Frank Vogel, um, he had all those coaches in Cleveland. None of them guys were like NBA Hall of Famers. Right. They were just good coaches or okay coaches. Now he has legitimately one of the greatest point guards ever as his head coach. What are you gonna tell him? Oh, you don't know nothing about basketball, bro. I was a two time MVP before I even came here. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm, a, I'm in the basketball a, hall of fame. I'm in the basketball yeah, yeah. hall of fame, my yeah. brother. So at I'm his position. The greatest, yeah, he's the greatest player to come out of his country if that makes sense he came he's from canada he's the greatest canada canadian basketball player we've ever seen seriously so talking about point guards yesterday you was on randy's show 
You mentioned about a player that potentially would have went to the Boston Celtics. We fact checked yeah. it. It almost was. It was true. So let's get into yeah. these. Let's get into these NBA trades and updates. So the Bucks deal for Drew Holiday, which originally was said on Randy's show last night, that potentially there was conversations with the Boston Celtics getting Kimba Walker. Yeah. How do you feel this trade went down in the middle of the night with the Bucks, and how how is Drew Holiday going to make Giannis stay? And will he make the team better? Oh, man. Drew Holiday, look, I, he's one of my favorite none. I won't say none because he's been an all-star. But he's one of my favorite players that's under the radar. I think he's the most underrated player in the NBA. Um, defensively, he is a dog. You ask any player that, if you ever if you cover the NBA right now, you ask any guard, ask any point guard right now, who's the toughest matchup? They ain't saying Patrick Beverly, y'all. They saying Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is everybody's worst nightmare. He can run the court. He can give you 20, 25. Um, he can close out games for Milwaukee. I like the trade for Milwaukee. Look, I know people are saying, well, you gave up three first rounders. Man, if that team is still good in three years from now, yep. none of them picks don't mean anything. What, you going to get number 25 every year, 22? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It may turn to something, but I like the move. Um, I think it helps that team mm-hmm. because he's an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe and George. Right. I, he's an upgrade over anything they had. <laughs> so, um, and they um, also add they also add Bogey from the the yeah. Kings. Oh my God, Sacramento! Oh my God, I, I, look, talk about man, that. I've been had I had a Ma- I had a Mavs jersey for that guy. Um, you know, he's one of the another one of those guys. He can get you twenty twenty five. He's a hell of an offensive guy. He may not be great defensively. That's what you got Drew Holiday for in that backcourt. Yeah. Um, he can score. He and you're telling me right now he's your fourth best player. Man, that that's pretty impressive. I mean, you. We seem to still forget Chris Middleton's still on this team. No, for sure, all star. For sure, for sure. So, I, so I think that, like, you know, does it help you keep Giannis? I think so. Okay. I think that it. Um, I think I think Giannis looks at this and say, "Hey, man, as long as as long as Brooklyn don't get James Harden, we may be in good shape here. We got a good enough team. Think about it. If they matched up today, as the teams are set up, where Brooklyn has just Katie, Kyrie, you know, Karis LeVert, Mm-hmm. And those guys, and Milwaukee has those guys. I think Milwaukee's the better team today because I think that like you don't know the certainty of one person's health versus another person's ego getting away on one team. Where I know in Milwaukee, you ain't got to worry about Drew. Like Drew, he'll sit in the back. Oh, Drew sat in the background in New Orleans, y'all. He went through that and he still played well. He still like I think uh, Randy put up the numbers between him and Kyrie, him and him and Kimber last night. You yeah. would have thought that Kimba had way better numbers than yeah. Drew Holiday. Yeah. Well, if you go pull up the numbers, my God, Drew Holiday was legitimately better as a basketball player. And, and then, and then we aspects, forget, so. and sometimes they forget that Drew Holiday was an All Star in Philly. So man, you know man, he's man. not, he's not a, he's not. I mean, he's definitely an upgrade, and no disrespect to Eric Bledsoe mm-hmm. and to George Hill, he's definitely upgradable. You you get a lockdown defender as a point guard. You get a, a taller guard. Mm-hmm. Right, that can move and, and, and run an offense. You got a nice shooting guard, Bogey, who's experienced. A closer. You got a solid small forward with Middleton. You got Giannis and you got Brooke Lopez. I mean, in the East, Hendo, you know what do you think Milwaukee will fare up in the East now with Brooklyn potentially adding Harden if that's even going to be reality? And you still got the Heat out there. You still got Toronto. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what are we looking like? Boston, yeah. And Boston, yes. I, I, I think. I think they're easily one of the three best teams in the East. Um, I don't think Miami beats them now. 
because there's no way Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson had those games if Drew Holiday's on the floor. Drew Holiday is a nightmare. I'm telling you guys, if you ask any NBA player, he's a nightmare on, on the defensive end. He's a nightmare because not only can he D you up, he can score. Right. And that's the worst thing. Like, you know, like with Patrick Beverly, look, he can play great defense or whatever you want to call it, but he ain't after giving nobody 20, right. 25. This dude can give you 25 and he's quick. He's fast, athletic. He don't need the ball in his hand. So right. I think right now, man, I'm not – my issue, like, with Boston is another story. I just think that, like, I love Kimba. Kimba's my guy. Look, man, I, I wanted Kimba in Dallas when he was a fridge. Like, I was really trying to get that to go. And, um – but I don't know if they fit together. Because, like, Drew Holiday made so much sense because he don't need the ball in his hand, y'all. And he's going to play defense. And if you could have put Marcus Smart and Kimba together, yeah. I mean, Marcus Smart and Drew Holiday in the backcourt together, oh, uh, yeah. Two and of the best defensive guards in the, league, in the league, yep. Oh, and then you go get Steven, and then you can potentially get Steven Adams to play the five. Oh, then you may be talking about the best team in the East. Wow. But I do think today Milwaukee may have the best starting five in the East by far. Gary. I don't think it's close because I because when you look at their five, Chris Milton is a great shooter. He's a great third scorer, so he's gonna be your third guy. You got Giannis. You know what Giannis is. Brooke Lopez, man, he's made a new career of shooting threes yep. and being an outside guy. He reinvented himself. Play yep. He reinvented himself. And Bogdanovich and Bogdanovich is your fourth best scorer, and he can score twenty two mm-hmm. on you. Oh man! Mm-hmm. And then you get Drew Holiday. So all they need to do is get some backups, some role players to, to, you know, come there and, hey, if they can settle out for one year, you know, maybe see if Lou Williams is available. So get a guy that can be a sparker. Because they need a guy that come out the midst like a Jason Terry, a guy that can just score. When all of them having a bad night, here he comes. So I think that right now, to me, because they didn't – they still got their core pieces. They still got Brooke. They still got Giannis. And they still got Chris Mills. Right. They're not doing a rebound. And to me – they're more ready to win a championship right now. Now, the issue that you have is their head coach. Like, I like Mike Budenholzer, but I don't know if he's a championship coach. Mm. So, maybe they make that change. Um, but other than that, my God, like, I like, I love the move. Like, I, I, I was really thinking Boston was going to do it. And right. um, obviously, the story came out. The Gordon Hayward scenario came out. And look, I was thinking that Boston had everything together, but. Yeah, man, this team is going all in. I think it also gives Giannis an indication. Like, look, they not playing. Like, yep. look, they really trying to put the pieces around me. Well, so, like, I'll tell you this. Giannis better Giannis, have a better playoff. Yeah. Giannis better have a better playoff outing before, you know, oh, yeah. we I can depend on other players, right? I so he has to – He so for me, two-time MVP means you're dominant in areas that you're dominant. And I feel when it comes to playoffs, yeah. he wasn't as – I think not dominant. I think that his weaknesses were exposed in the last two years yeah. more than in the playoffs and more in the regular season. And I hope that the additions to these guys, not to alleviate the pressure, but add to his playoff experience and add up to his his comfortability playing under under these tight conditions and bright lights. So I hope that Milwaukee does make a run. But I know there was under other uh, trades or potential things going out there. I know mm-hmm. Randy had something that he wanted to bring to the table. I think Atlanta was looking at Gordon Hayward, right? Right, Randy? I think uh, yeah. Atlanta was, was in the mix for Gordon Hayward. Um, yeah. We've seen Houston talking to Washington. Yes. Regarding a John Wall, Russell Westbrook. Wow. We know, we know Charlotte wants uh, Westbrook as well. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to put that on hold. The, the one question I do have for you, Chris, is the fact that we all 
or talk about how the Drew Holiday trade makes Milwaukee better. But on the flip side, New Orleans, they get George Hill, they get Eric Bledsoe mm-hmm. already with Lonzo Ball as three-point guards mm-hmm. already, along with Zion, Brandon Ingram, Redick. So, one, I doubt all three-point guards stay on that on that team. I think one is going to mm-hmm. go. Yep. If somebody's going to go, I think, do you think Lonzo is the one that, that, that's going to go, or do you think they they reship Bledsoe or George Hill out of here? Like, how does that... How does a deal work for New Orleans now? I think Eric Bledsoe could be a Laker. Um, obviously, the affinity LeBron has for Eric Bledsoe. We know the stories from the past. Um, I think that could be a possibility, uh, buyout. Um, I don't think any of those guys are going to be on that team personally. I think that they may try to go get a point guard. I think that they may they look at this team as a young team. And we don't know what Brady Ingram's situation is either. He's a restricted guy. I haven't heard anything. So I don't know if that some team is going to go say, look, man, we're going to offer him the bag and do they match it? I mean, I think they do, but at the same time, they probably look and say, hey, man, we got Giannis. I mean, we got Zion, so we can we can figure it out in a few more years what, what we want to do with this team. So um, I think that, like, for them, like I said, it's so weird because they got a lot of talent. They got a lot of guys over there, a lot. And I don't know what their focus is. Are they trying to be the AC in the playoffs or – are you taking for one more year so you can get your another lottery pick? Um, the biggest thing for them is this: we gotta we gotta see Zion on the floor for more than ten games. Yep. They need sixty yeah. at least sixty games for Zion to say, "Okay, this is our direction." Because yep. he can end up being like Luca, where they went forty games this year and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, now we need to go get the big player, the big dog, to put him on this team." So I don't know their situation. I also think that JJ Reddick may be gone. And look, if I'm Brooklyn right now, I may call about J.J. Reddick. Say, hey, we need a couple of shooters over here with us. We got Joe Harris, but we need another shooter, another sniper. You know, or I'm looking at like, you know, a team like Dallas. They need another shooter. Go get your shooter out there. You know, you got a lot of teams that can use J.J. Reddick right now and it's services. Right. Um, so I want to see what they're going to do, man. Um, like I said, I think it was, like I said, Milwaukee did the right thing. Now, obviously – Pelicans got all these picks. I don't know what they're going. I don't understand what their focus is. It's going like we don't even know the Zion situation. He's going to play full time, or mm-hmm. are they going to blow match him? Because like my thing is this: everything falls on Zion. Like is Zion going to be twenty and ten, or Zion going to be eighteen and five and can play only like like you know forty games this year? And mm-hmm. that's the case. Then yeah, this team tank, and then you just need to trade everybody and just keep Zion. So, <laughs> so, so I like the like Jackson Hayes kid. Mm. Hendo, so. The Lakers win the championship this year. They call it the bubble championship. They're looking like moving. They're going to move Rondo and Green. Do you have any indication where those guys might go this year? Uh, so. Well, Green's going to uh, uh, OKC, right? But I heard he's not going to. He's going to OKC. Yeah. Get, get he's handled. not going to stay. So they're probably going to trade him. So I will say this. Dallas Mavericks have had an infinity for Danny Green for the last five years. They tried last year. They would have. Between them and the Lakers, they were the final two teams that were in his interest. And obviously, Lakers, you know, you don't pass up playing for LeBron because the Mavericks aren't ready to win the championship. So I think Dallas may try to make a little pull at that. And I've also heard that, you know, Sam Presti is looking to get more picks, which, okay, I guess. Um, the Mavs have a nice 18th pick in the draft. They also got a nice 31st pick in the draft. Um, the 31st pick is very coveted because it's like right there at the end of the first, going to the second, or at right. The, right there at the beginning of the second. Because of the Golden State trade a few years ago, um, 
I can see him in the Mavericks uniform. I think he's a Maverick. I think the Mavericks are look, man. Not a lot of media people out here really put out trades, but every time I've turned around in the last few days, Danny Green's name has popped up again. It was like this last summer. And like I said, there's infinity. And also there's a relationship with him and God Sham God. Um, they're both Puma guys. So mm-hmm. um, there's a familiarity with those two. Um, Danny Green also kind of fits the role of that veteran that just came off a championship. They can teach some things to these guys right. about winning because the, this, young, this is a young Mavs team. They don't have any winners on this team. I mean, look, right. Luka won overseas, but they ain't won anything NBA-wise when right. you look at this roster. So I think he's a good guy for them. Um, yeah, I think that will be a sin. Now, Rondo, I think Rondo's on Atlanta Hall. Um, shout out to Rashad Phillips. Shout out to Kendrick Perkins. They both put that out there. Now, those two have been always right about Rondo. Um, outside of the Clippers, I think Atlanta is perfect because they got to get somebody in there to sort of groom Trey Young. Like, Trey Young already has everything that you want. He can score you 50 on any given night. He can do everything else, but the winning side hasn't been there. Right. Once again, it's about teaching. He gets in there. Look what he did. With, look what Rondo did with New Orleans that year when they went to the playoffs. He got in there, and they kind of got going a little bit before Boogie got hurt yep. and all that stuff. Um, Atlanta needs to make the playoffs this year. Gotcha. And they also need to figure out a way not to have more, not to have just one playmaker on the team. And I think that Rondo does answer that. No, that makes sense. Get Trey off the ball a little bit. Get Trey off the ball a little bit. I know it sounds crazy how two point guards, but, you know, get Trey off the ball a little bit. Right. The positions mm-hmm. league, you know. And you need defense. Rondo gotcha. plays good defense. Um, maybe that's something that he can instill in Trey as well. And um, I like Atlanta for him. I also like the Clippers because, look, the Clippers are at a crossroads because – Unfortunately, they went from being everybody's favorite championship team that had never won anything to like, oh my God, you're literally one something away from losing Kawhi and you need to trade Paul George. Right. And the ultimate like the ultimate chess move would be like, hey, we're gonna go get the guy that y'all used to have, so we know how to beat y'all. So, and I think Rondo fits perfect for that team. He's a he's an upgrade on Patrick Beverly. Right. Um, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, so I think that you can get him there. Um, I think that I think I, like I said, I think those are teams. I think Atlanta is gonna be there for the money. Like he can get money out of Atlanta. And I also think a, a teaching situation. Like, look, we just saw Chris Paul, which we'll probably talk about, yeah. go to Phoenix. It's a teaching. It's a teaching situation. These young teams have to learn how to win. Right. And I'm not saying that Chris Paul's that word, but he's been there. Right. And right. all it takes is one guy. It takes one guy to come in there and everything changes. You go from being like, okay, they may be a playoff team. Like, oh, my God. They young and they don't have to – the pressure won't be as bad. So, yeah, I can see Rondo in several situations, but I really like the idea of – of that Atlanta situation because he's won his championships. Yeah. I think it's to the point now where it's time for him to, you know, cash out a little bit. And also, like, look, we're going to get out there and do some things. So it's a few here. things. Says, staying on staying on um, Atlanta. So before, uh-huh. uh, as you mentioned, before we got on, Gordon Hayward name popped up for the Hawks. Uh-huh. Um, also today, we I kept seeing, reading somewhere, that, I don't know about the rumors, that somehow, some way, that Boston wants to trade Kimba. For some reason, I, I I we see his name popping up, popping up, popping up. Yeah. I, I don't know why. So he's out there. Yeah. Gordon's out there. Uh, we, yeah. we, we we mentioned Westbrook name popping up when it comes to Charlotte, New York, and as mm-hmm. recently as Washington. So let's stay with Atlanta. If Gordon Hayward wants to go to Atlanta, can that be possible? Does that work for Atlanta? What would Boston get back from Atlanta? And why do we constantly hear Kimba's name keep popping up? Uh, I, I think it definitely works for Atlanta. Um, look, I know people are hard on Golden Hayward because of the contract. 
Right. Um, but this is the guy. This is the guy last year that gave you 18, 5, and 3. Um, shooting very good. Shot the ball very well last year. Um, Atlanta needs that kind of guy. They need a, a playmaker outside of Trey. Look, I think Cam Reddish is going to be very good this year, by the way. I think Cam Reddish has been in the gym working. Um, we saw a flash from Kevin Herter, but he stayed hurt a little bit. Yeah. Too much, so I don't know. what He may be a part of the trade somehow because they got to get something back. Um, and John Collins, look. I think he special. is coming. Y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special. Like I, I, I look, I, I, I got, I hold him and Trey Young as like one of the best duos coming up. You know, they may not get mixed because they're not winning, but those two get any kind of development together, they're gonna mm-hmm. be nice. But I think Gordon's, Gordon's perfect, man. Like, look, he don't require the ball in his hand. Look, Gordon Hayward averaged eighteen on the team with Kimba, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. That's true. Very uh, true. Yep. So, so I, I think that you know he understands the situation also, and I think that like. You know, I think you need some sort of veteran presence. He's been there, done that. Obviously, had the, the horrific injury that we all that that may have ruined open night for all of us for the rest of our lives. You right. know, so you know, open night. That's all that you you know. That was that was a storyline for years, for years and going. So you know, I think he'll be fine. I think Atlanta's perfect for him. Um, they got good coaching staff over there. I like Mel Hunt, assistant coach. I think they just brought in Nate McMillan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm not sure Nate, but I know they got. Lloyd over there, Lloyd Carter. They got they got a nice coaching staff, and I think that he brings a different dynamic to the team. Right. Um, um, like I said, he doesn't he doesn't need the ball, but I think the Kimba thing is crazy though. But I also think that Kimba's an unfortunate guy. Like I told you last night, I love Kimba Walker. But Kimba Walker comes across as the guy that you you know who he is. I'm not gonna say from a okay, maybe I could say this. So you remember how great Mitch Richmond was? Mm-hmm. But you never could see Mitch Richmond outside of his early years in, in Golden State. You never really saw him on a winning team out there outside of the Lakers one time, whatever. Yeah. But he was always on the worst team in the NBA. But he was putting up crazy numbers. That's who Kimba is for me. He's our generation. I'm not saying the style or skill, anything is the same as Mitch Richmond, but he's going to be a guy that you may not can put on a legitimate like top five team, but he could be on that eight seed and somehow get in the playoffs every year. But he can't be on a team where – because I don't know if he can play without the ball. And that's the problem. Because it sort of – it looks bad when, you know, obviously he got hurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum went to another level. <clears throat> and this reminds me of the situation in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Dennis Smith is – Dennis Smith is like Kimball because Kimball is, is amazing. Dennis Smith is a great basketball player too, but Kimball's different. Mm-hmm. Um when, when Luca went to the next level, they looked at Dennis Smith probably was like, all right, bro. Well, we know who can hold the ball here. You know, what I mean? you know I, yeah, but you know, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's unfortunate. And maybe yeah. that's the case here. Like, look, it sounded great when we said Kim was going to the Boston, but I also think we all forgot. Yeah. These are the same two young dudes that had to go play with Kyrie and it didn't work out. So I don't know what made them think it was going to work out. Now, Rondo on that team would be good. You know what I mean? Like, on a Boston team like that with those young guys. Yeah. Like, they can score. So, I think, you know, Kimba, I don't know where he could go. Uh, man, because he it's, – it's tough. It's, it's tough. Like, him, those middle – like, that 8 through 15 at corn guard. Like, him, Mike Conley, those guys that got weird contracts that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't like. They're going to trade them guys somehow. Right. They're going to end up on bad teams, and maybe they obviously can't go back to – maybe he can go back to, I don't know, Charlotte may – I don't know, wait, right. you know, Detroit. You know, maybe Detroit may say, hey, you know what? We can use the services. 
So um, uh, a few more things. So we've seen Andre Drummond stay with the Cavaliers. Uh, he, he opted in. Not like we, it's whatever. Um, but the Rockets two hours ago was like, listen, we, we're not, we don't have to trade Russell and, and James. No, we're, we're good. You you guys want us, want us to trade them, but we, we don't, we're good. But then like an hour later, we see our right, Russell and John Wall could be a potential deal. Yeah. So let, let's say hypothetically, Washington and Houston get that done. Who mm-hmm. wins that trade? Who does that see, trade benefit more, Houston or the Wizards? I say the Wizards because I'm gonna say the reason why is this: I feel like Russell Westbrook. Although, look, I know the basketball side of all of us mm-hmm. hate some of the hate the we hate the tendencies, right? We hate some of the things that he does, but. He legitimately could go to any team in the East that wasn't a playoff team and make them an eight seed. Like I told you last night, if the New York Knicks could get Russell Westbrook, they become the eight seed in the East. No question. Not even a question. I wouldn't even doubt it. Like, because he, we're talking about a guy, man, and I get it. He averaged a triple double for three years, right? Yeah, but yeah, triple double for yeah, three, three like, years. Like, he's not a bum. Like, yeah, like I know our basketball morals have spoiled us because we we watched Magic Johnson, LeBron James, we watched Michael Jordan, we watched the best of the best be great and be efficient doing. Yep. It. Then we get a guy like him that's unreal, and yeah, he's having triple double. He makes the worst shots. He takes the worst shots. He can't shoot. He shot better this year. Um, my thing with John Wall is simple. Like, look, I love John Wall. <clears throat> John Wall got the greatest. By the way, shout out to Ball's life once again. He got the greatest mixtape I've ever seen in high school history. Uh, <laughs> John Wall got one of the greatest mixtapes I've ever seen in my life. Mm. John Wall's a great basketball player. You know, he can do what he does, but boy. Like, Russ has proved that he can play through the injuries. Right. He's played in some, but my thing on John Wall is, is he healthy. And, I mean, look, you get Russ in Washington right now with Bradley Bill, they make the playoffs. There is no way they don't make the playoffs, especially in the East. They're going to make the playoffs. And look, Russ is competitive enough to where he can, like, look at – Brooklyn can say, okay, we can beat them if we're the number one seed, right? But that is a scary matchup for the idea that vengeance, him going after KD, you know, some weird scenarios. So, mm. yeah, man, I, 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 nobody wins because of salary. This is the one trade that never made sense, right, because they both make the same salary. One is younger than the other one, but they're both the same. Right. Like, one just having to be an MVP. And to me, I think if I had to go pick between two, let's just say if I was the Charlotte Hornets and I need to go get one of them two, I'm taking Russ. I know Russ is 32. I know Jane and John Wall's under 30. But I'm looking at the fact that if I got Russ on my team right now, I wouldn't have play our team today, but I'm going to be a playoff team today. He jumps in there. Because and he's Jordan, gonna get Jordan you. loves him. Jordan, Jordan, and he's Jordan a brand Jordan guy. He's a brand Jordan yeah. guy. He's a brand Jordan. Look, man, Charlotte could do something crazy where they end up with him and Melo at the same time. All Jordan brand guys. Wouldn't that be crazy? And then they can. You can look. I know it sounds crazy. We're not talking about 2010, but into 2020, 21, you can look up and say the Charlotte Hornets are an AC with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. Like, just think about that. Like, you, 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 you got still some of the young guys like Bridges, who I like a lot, different things like that. But, yeah, I think Washington will win that trade. I mean, look, I love John Wall, but if you really think about it, Russell Westbrook is a better player than John Wall. Let's just be real. 
I mean, look, I know, I know the basketball side of us hates a lot of his tendencies. That's the problem. Once again, same thing with Kimball. People love Kimball Walker. The problem is they don't like what comes with Kimball Walker. The idea of not shooting over 45%, shooting 41% for the field, stuff like that. They, right. they help. So, yeah. Man, I, mean, I, I, I think, I think if, if, if Charlotte was to pull that off, I'm yeah. assuming, what, Devontae Graham got to be out of here. And, and, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that move because Devontae because, Graham. Because just, they, don't, they, they don't want because Houston will want the third pick. And yeah, Charlie doesn't want to give it up. No, so they which say, Michael right. Jordan needs to. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's I mean, why I like Devontae Graham and uh, I don't know who else they got, but it could be the Graham, maybe a pick. They got Batum. They got Bridges. They got um, Monk, right? Malik Monk still there? Is he? Yeah, uh, I'm not. No, no, he's not there anymore. <laughs> no, so. I don't nah, even know. Like they, 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 the thing is, they're not going to have. I think to me, and I think I said this last night, but I think that the perfect team for us would be the Detroit Pistons. If you end up keeping Blake Griffin, you could throw in an ideal of having, look, Derrick Rose is sort of in a weird situation, right? Like mm-hmm. Derrick Rose would be perfect. Today, off the bench, Derrick Rose is the best player that Milwaukee could get off the bench today if they can make that happen. Right. So and me- I think that you get his spark. Off the bench, he's a different dynamic than any one of those players that's starting. Um, you do that, but if I'm the Knicks, I'm trading that A pick for Russ, man. Like I don't know, if there's any player that they don't can want be great to. at number eight. They don't want to. But they don't want to. Like the they one time that you probably could get somebody in their prime, because I don't see Russ just all of a sudden going from 28 a game to like 10 points a game. Like it's not nah. Right. Russ like, is gonna be an all. You know this too, Chris. You know this too. Uh, Talking with other Knicks fans and people who are in, in the mix, so like if you tell me, give me the eighth pick and I give you a Devin Booker or a Dame Lillard or a Donovan Mitchell, I'm like, all right, eighth pick, whoever you are, bye bye. Because they're, yeah. they're all they're all still young guys. Now you tell me, give me the eighth pick for depends who you are. If you tell me Kevin Durant, all right, I, I, I'm taking KD. But like mm. Russell at 32, or even like a Chris Paul at 35, you start getting those kind of guys. I'm not trading the eighth pick for that kind of age of a person. But if I had to, I would. But the thing is, like, it depends who that, who that person is. Can I get somebody else for that eighth pick? Maybe. But if, if it was Dev, Dame Lillard, Mitchell, I'm trading that eighth pick. But they, they, they're not available. But let me say this before Chris answers. Who is the Knicks going to get at eight? Who is that valuable in this draft that is a crapshoot right now at the eighth pick that you're going to, that you're holding it on for, for one of the trench... I don't know how you say that word. Like transitional players in this in this generation, like you're talking about a six yeah. five, six six, six seven point guard that attacks you every single moment. He has a decent mid range. He 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 wears New York all over his chest. His attitude fits New York. He is New York. So it's hard for you to tell me. This is why I'm not a, respectfully who's ever watching. I'm not a Nick fan. I'm not even a, a team fan because mm-hmm. you can't tell me that the A pick. Is gonna be somebody like yeah. Anthony Edwards, where I I can't lose that pick, right? Who you have that's gonna be equivalent to that? That is probably not gonna be in the same position to help R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, and these young guys to push the energy because New York has been missing this energy for quite some time, and he brings that right. that that he brings that energy to the point where if you're not matching energy, you you you're not playing with me, right? This rookie that coming I in, agree. they might move it. And just like just like Nitakina and these guys, they, they they just don't pan out. And I don't know, 
I don't know nope. if that guy is going to help you at eight where Russell can help you now to, like you said, the AFC because the East from the from the fifth to the eighth is a crapshoot, right? It all depends on the play you have that can really put you over. So, I mean, I would if I'm the New York Knicks, I've done many mistakes. I can't make this mistake right here. If you but, make this mistake... Now, to play advocate, to play advocate real quick, and I, I agree with what Joe was saying. Cause I'm a Knicks fan. I'm like, listen, how many times are we gonna go in the draft, build through the draft? We don't develop them. We, we we trade these guys within two years and whatever, whatever. But Devin Booker, when was he picked, Chris? I think he was like number eight, right? Uh, number seven, number eight. Thirteenth overall. Donovan Mitchell, when was oh, he? Oh yeah. Uh, I know he was definitely late because yeah, Dennis Smith and several guys went before right, him. Yeah, right, 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 right. right. Now, I'm, I'm not saying we're going to draft the, the next Booker or the next Donovan Mitchell. I, I just don't know yet. It just depends who, who I'm giving that eighth pick for. That, that, that's all I'm saying. But if, if Rockets yeah. tell me I want number eight, I, I'm, I, I, I'll i think about it. If you tell me James Harden, bye. Russell Westbrook, yeah. I don't I don't know. Depends. I, I, I will say that, but I but like I, like I said, you know, last night I gave you a scenario. Mm-hmm. The thing that Russ has that maybe none of those guys that you mentioned has, he has a he has a good relationship. A lot of players look up to him, mm-hmm. and they like playing. And you never heard a teammate say, "I don't like playing with Russell Westbrook." They may not agree with how he plays, but the thing is this: if I'm the Knicks, I'm looking like, okay, we're never going to get the number one pick in the draft, right, or number three, because somehow we the lottery balls never fall. Look, look, the Dallas Mavericks. Never have had a number one pick, I don't think, besides one time. And we were the worst team in the league two years ago, and somehow we end up with number five. But they made the trade. But my thing is this. You get Russ now. Let us say the Knicks get Russ. They become the number eight seed. You know what they can do next summer? They can go look at Kawhi and say, hey, bro, we got your homeboy. Because guess what? They homeboys. Mm-hmm. We got your homeboy. We, we, we know what we need. Right. We were the AC. We probably lost to Brooklyn in the first round or lost somebody. What if we get you? Not only do we get you, right, but you get to come to the New York Knicks, the Mecca. You play at Madison Square Garden. Your legacy as Kawhi Leonard, that Spurs championship ain't going to mean nothing. That Toronto championship ain't going to mean nothing. But that Knicks championship? <laughs> oh, man. You, you could... You, I'm not even a Knicks fan, but I could throw that scenario out there and say, man, we got Russ here. We were the eight seed. All we need is you to make us a formal team. <clears throat> or you could look at Giannis and say, hey, bro, look, we got Russ. He loves it here. We could use you. You want to talk about winning and being valuable for his money, market, and everything? What better place? And guess what? We got the, we got the little brothers over there in Brooklyn. Then we need to be we need to be on Absolutely it. Absolutely right. Because that ain't trying to say and guess what the battle the ideal of being a part of the New York battle and like being the East Coast thing, man, you gotta do that because then guess what? If I'm a free agent next year when the when the when the free agency class next year looks crazy, mm-hmm. we went down a list. Yep. But imagine walking in saying, Hey man, you know, if I'm a, if the Knicks approach me, let's say the Knicks approach Paul George, right? And they say, Well, you know, we got Mitchell Robson who we like. Yeah, we got Frank Nenekino. We got Julius Randle, Bobby Porter, uh, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Or, or you can go in and say, or you can go tell Kawhi, like, look, we got Mitchell Robinson, Russell Westbrook. Mitchell Robinson is going to be a future pretty good big man, maybe an all-star. How about R.J. Barrett? We got, we, need, we got R.J. Barrett. 
We got all these young guys that have we got together. We finally made the playoffs. We mm. need one star player. You can be the guy. And then also that, that star player can look and say, you know what? Russell be 33 years old. He probably got four years in him left. We could probably still work out something. And then I could bring my guy in. Man, you do that in a heartbeat. Because I to me, when you sit there, you the team's DNA has never worked out for draft picks. Like they could draft whoever they want. It just never worked. Like they can get the number one pick. It never will probably work, all right? Like, we don't know who's going to be good in this draft. Like, look, in that case, you can get LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards or this Wise, a Wiseman kid, Wiseman kid. Right, yeah. I would say, man, the, the pick is the, – that pick can go, especially if you're going to get a guy that can – see, to me, the Knicks need to not only win, but they got to sell tickets. Look, I don't know if they want to see – the fans want to see another year of what they saw last year with another rookie because all they're doing is this. You're basically just going out there to be a, a, a one of the ten worst teams, and it doesn't look good. So to me, man, you gonna get rust, man. Like, look, I don't know. Like I said, I've only been in New York one time as a traveling person, but people that I know from New York, people that bleed New York Knicks basketball, people that I've been around, if I can think of the perfect player that is a Nick, it's him. My God, when you think about Charles Oakley. Rest in peace, Anthony Mason, John Starks, Herb Williams. The list goes on Charles Smith. Let's go down to all the list of the players. He is a implant of all. You want to talk about John Starks on steroids, who's a better basketball player? That would be your man now. Yeah. He's a he's a he he's a, he's a ticking time bomb, but guess what he can do? He can hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you getting and think about this. If you're the Knicks, it's the first time since Carmelo Anthony, you're getting a top 10 player on a roster. That's hey, look, let's not get it backwards. Russell Westbrook, when he's healthy, he's a top ten player in the league. Let's not forget that, y'all. Like, look, if he think about it, if you told me right now, a guy averaged twenty eight or twenty seven, eight and six, and shot forty eight percent for the field, you would say, "Damn, did he bring him? Bring him is better than Alfred Payton. It's better than Alfred Payton." Because I got to ask you a question. Because I got to ask you a question right now. If right now Uh they say nothing worked, if the Lakers would have lost the championship. And you could have got LeBron in year 18 for the number eight pick. Would you do it? Ah, there yes, you, you would. Don't even uh, that's why. That's why it depends who I'm getting. If I get LeBron back. But you only get LeBron for two years. You get LeBron for three years. Maybe two. Maybe one. Because he's probably going to leave the next following year. Yeah, so I'm, I'm saying like. LeBron, I do it. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. So like to me, man, like you got to make that move, man. Russ and the Nicky LeBron. Look, I am on record. You, This is documented. Russ, because of New York Knicks, I will become one of the biggest Knicks supporters because of that. I don't know why, but I just think that, like, they finally got one right. They finally got one right. Like, look, I know don't, the contract Don't tell is Mark bad. Cuban that. Don't tell Mark no. Cuban that now. No, 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 no. Because, <laughs> the thing is this, because the thing is this. Sometimes I think it's his situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, his situation, this may be the greatest thing that could ever happen to both teams and the player. Yeah. Like, look, he goes to a big market. He, he ain't never been to the market this big. Think about this. Russ Westbrook played for Oklahoma City and Houston. No disrespect to any of those things, or those teams. They're not the same market as New York. Imagine if Russell Westbrook was the MVP in New York when he had them triple-double years. We yeah. wouldn't even be talking right now. We'd be like, man, I ain't trading no Russ. Yeah. Exactly. Like, think about it. So my thing is this. The number eight pick, yeah, cool, whatever. But, man, give me Russ. Like, give me Russ. Like, look, I know the, I know it may not be cool because you're thinking like, man, how many more years you got? 
I would take four more years of Russell Westbrook being this good versus a guy that you got to hope in 10 years is legitimately one of the best players in the world. That's all I'm saying. And and look, because of your point earlier, the fact that Russell can lead to somebody else coming in the following year. So, like you said, Russell's there. Kawhi might be interested. Giannis might be interested. So, you're kind of baiting, using Russell as bait. All right, now we got this guy. Do you want to come play with, with, with Westbrook at the Garden? So, I do get that. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll tell you one team that got it right. The Phoenix Suns. Can we say Chris Paul? Is that a good, is that a good deal? I mean, 32 years oh, old man, in the prime it. and similar to Westbrook can lead, you know, lead, a, lead a team, a young team. And, Chris, do you think that – and, again, I didn't want to say – I mean, we can still stand in Westbrook and go to Chris Paul, but t- I wanted to get your opinion on the Chris Paul move in terms of – that was a shocker. I didn't know Suns was in, in the running. I mean, I, you probably knew, yeah. but we all, all of us didn't know. Yeah. I would say when I found out, I may, I may have I heard a story two days before it happened, and I had to sit down and think about it. But now that I look at it, they are a playoff team today. Right. Like, Devin Booker and Aiden have never played with a point guard. No disrespect to Ricky Rubio. Great guy. But my God. You go from that. So think about this. Chris Paul, did any of y'all have an Oklahoma City in the playoffs before the season started last year? I didn't. I thought they were done. I said, man, Chris Paul ain't going to play a minute there. There ain't no way they're going to go to the playoffs with, with, with Shea as their best, second best player and all that. And he made them a playoff team. Yeah. The history of Chris Paul is this. Everywhere he's went, the team is competing. Think about it, his early years in New Orleans when everybody said they couldn't be good enough. Mm-hmm. Sort of revitalized Patriots so y'all bitch his career in a way. David West became an all-star in him. Tyson Chandler mm-hmm. sort of became the player that we all sort of liked in Dallas and then New York the first couple of years, right? right? So, I mean, man, you put him on that team. Look, DeAndre Aiden is going to end up being an all-star very soon now because right. of this. And he ain't no play with a big man that dynamic before. And guess what? All you had to do was give him a couple picks. You didn't even have to give him bridges. Like, look, I love Kelly Oubre. I love Kelly Oubre. I like what he breaks the table. He's a good fourth or third guy on some good team. But my God, you get Chris Paul. Because my thing is this. Basketball to me in this generation, age means nothing. Because these guys are so skilled now. I remember back in the 90s when you said a 35-year-old, you were like, oh, man. <laughs> I don't know about this one, buddy. Yeah. yeah. But now, 35 to me is like, man, look, can he, can he can still play, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and like, my thing is this, like, Chris Paul is elite. He, look, that name is Steph. I think he's arguably one of the three best point guards in basketball. Still. Mm-hmm. Like, what he does defensively, his mindset, he's had unfortunate things happen with the injuries and the weird stuff. But you never can say once that you can doubt that Chris Paul can lead a team somewhere. And look, you got to learn how to win some way. Whether this works or not, the ideal is this for Phoenix. We need to bring him in so we can teach these boys how to win because they have not won anything. Devin Booker has been in the league for eight years, y'all. How many playoffs he been in? Zero. Zero. DeAndre DeAndre Aiden ain't didn't even he wasn't even on a play in the in the turn. I don't even think his team even made the tournament in college. If I'm not mistaken, I think they were in. I don't even know. I don't think they they didn't go far. They did so like, and then the number one thing is this. Coaching, you got Monty Williams who did an amazing job last year. Look, all, the Phoenix look like a great team in the bubble. 
I know that may be different, but yep. if you add Chris Paul to that bubble team, they probably beat somebody in the first round. Mm-hmm. Scarily. Like True. they may beat somebody. They may beat somebody. Yep. So I think you give Monty Williams a fair shake because now he got his point guard. He's been around obviously Chris Paul before. Um man, but you throw that with Devin Booker them, that's 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 legit, man. That's I, I enjoy that, that's man. I think I think that's I think I, they're a playoff team. Like, look, they're gonna replace Houston. Because I think Houston's done after these trades happen. I don't know what they can do to yeah. recover, but they're going to the playoffs. Chris Paul is going to make them a loud team. They're dangerous. I, I like yeah. it. I think, I think Houston is doing a fire sale. They just got rid of Covington and traded him to the Blazers, and Ronnie Hood is opting yeah. out of his contract. So uh, we, we have a lot to see. I, I, I know we're going to re, really experience that in the next 48 hours, 72 hours. I know you'll be a part of it. Uh, before we go into the into the rapid fire, which we call the corner, mm-hmm. uh, who mm-hmm. do you, as a Mavs fan, uh, you mentioned that the Mavs have the 18th pick and the 31st pick. Mm-hmm. Have there been any indication mm-hmm. of who those guys might be or who you guys are targeting in those slots in, in, in tomorrow's draft? Well, the good thing is they got a guy out here in Dallas, uh, where in Fort Worth, obviously, uh, plays with TCU named Desmond Bain. He's probably the best shooter in this draft. Um, if you go look at all the shooters available, um, he's become a hot commodity for the Mavericks. Okay. Um, RJ Hampton, another RJ Hampton, another high school prodigy kid played overseas last year. Yep. He's a Dallas native. He has a relationship with the Dallas Mavericks, obviously from that standpoint. So I don't think they keep the pick. I think they're trying to go get somebody. Um, I've heard stories of Oladipo in a Dallas uniform. Nice. Um, I've heard. I've heard stories about Zach Levine, which I'm all in on Zach Levine all in America. Yeah. Sure. yeah, if you get Zach Levine as your third as your third guy on Dallas, I mean, wow. my God. Uh, t- now the problem is this: Tim Hardaway has an opt into his deal. Mm. They got to hope Tim Hardaway opts into his deal. If Tim Hardaway, I'm saying he's obviously the trade piece. You trade number eighteen thirty one. I think it's those. It's four guys. Well, actually five. And. Gallinari has been brought up because of the idea that KP is not going to be ready. You need to get some size in there. And he, and he can score 20. He can do some things. So he he's a name. <clears throat> Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill mm. has been in Dallas every day of this summer. For this <laughs> no, Buddy, no, Buddy Hill lives in Dallas. Buddy Hill lives in Dallas. Now, um, there's been rumors that he wants to leave Sacramento. Um, obviously, he he's here in Dallas, so he knows and sees everything. So, I think he's a good guy. As a third scorer, Buddy Hill will be perfect. Oh, yeah. That's right. Buddy, Hill, um, Buddy Buckets. He gives you 20. Yeah. And then you got Oladipo coming off an injury, but I think that you make him the third guy. Oh, my God. That's pretty darn good for the Mavericks. And then, like I said, Zach Levine for me is number one because he hadn't had the opportunity to be in a winning situation. And mm-hmm. now that he can go to Dallas, you're telling me right now he could potentially be the third best scorer on the team and he can score 25 easily? Yep. Woo. And it also gives Dallas something that they don't have, which is athleticism. Like right now, you know who the best dunk on the team is? I watch him every day. It's Maxi Cleveland. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have any – I mean, they got this kid, Josh Reeves, over there in the, in the D League. He's like the, the two-way player. But they don't have guys that can, like, leap mm-hmm. over the rim like that. They, they got a whole bunch of good shooters. Right. They don't have guys that can make athletic plays. Like, they need that kind of Vince Carter sort of, like, dynamic where a guy can go in and he can make a couple of alley passes with Luka. And this will help Luka out. Right. This will give Luka a guy he can make passes to and he can create his own shot. Because the thing with the Mavericks last year we saw that was the issue was in the playoffs, only Luka was the only one that could sort of create a shot. 
Although right. we love Steph Curry, we love all the guys, the, the pieces, but they were all more spot-up shooters, get in the corner, hit a shot. But nobody on the team can create their own shot. Whereas, like, you know, you get Zach Levine, my God, which is going to be good. So we'll see. But um, I don't think they keep the pick. Mavs don't never keep their pick, and I hope they don't. Because we're, outside of Luka, we have been the worst drafting team ever. We drafted, man, I love Shane Larkin, but we drafted Shane Larkin over Giannis. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. so Chris, we're going to enter you into the corner. We're going to, I'm going right. to ask okay. you a bunch of questions. Randy has no idea these questions. Uh, so, we're going to okay. get to know you a little more, right? So, here we go. I'm put you on the spot. Uh, I got a few too. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, best best hip hop, rap, or RB album for you all time? Uh, all time. I got two East 99 and Midnight Marauders. Ooh, man, not Marauders. Good. Um, yeah. Best basketball sneaker for you all time. Ooh. Uh, sentimental value to Sonic Love. Okay. Gay paint first basketball shoe. Sentimental oh. value. Gotcha. Mm. Get ready. Want to jump in? Uh, Mavericks related. Mm-hmm. Since you're a Mavs fan, do you hate the Spurs or the Rockets more? Mm. Uh, Rockets. I hate their fans. <laughs> I don't hate the Spurs because the thing is you can't hate winning. Because I, we would never be able to mount. Let's get we win four more championships. We're not going to mount to the system. But the Rockets, they had won in 20 years. You'd have thought they'd have won last night. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Rockets. Um. I can go when, random. You want to hold yours? Get go, 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 okay. go, 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 go. Uh, favorite, favorite NBA city to either cover or visit for you? Pre-COVID, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. It's nothing like Knicks basketball, man. Like, I love I love Knicks fans' passion. Like, if you ever Delusional. been in Madison Square Garden... Delusional. Nah, but you know what? <laughs> if you ever been in Madison Square Garden, it may not be the best looking inside of the arena, but like... That 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 essence that they bring, man. I'm gonna say it's New York, and I'm gonna tell you a, a sneaky, really good place to cover basketball because their fans are crazy too and passionate. Oklahoma City may not be the funnest city to be in, but their fans they they sell out. And I tell you what, they got some passionate fans over there. Um, and also, obviously, Golden State, man. When you got Steph, when you and they arena, man, it's it's electric. But yeah, I'm gonna say New York, man. Okay. Knicks, you you got to cover the Knicks. Appreciate okay. that. Uh, I'll go around. Um, yeah. So, Chris, give me your best starting five, all Mavericks. Wow, all Maver- all Mavericks starting five for you. All time, this is easy. Um, point guard, <laughs> ooh, point yeah. guard, Jason Kidd. Oh my God, Derek Harper's gonna kill me. All right, point oh. guard, Jason Kidd. Okay, Derek Harper's my guy. Shooting guard, Luka Doncic. Okay, no, I'm gonna take that back. God, okay. I thought it was I easy. No, 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 no. Okay, because I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna do the. I'm not gonna. I'm doing positionless basketball. Obviously, Dirk is on the team. Um, right. James Donaldson is my center. Um, James Donaldson was a part of those '80s teams. Rolando Blackman is definitely on the starting five. Luca, because my guy, two years he may be the great. He's already he's already at that pace. And I'm gonna say Jason Kidd. I know I'm gonna get killed. I'm going to get killed by Derek Harper and Mark Aguirre. My <laughs> God. I'm, I'm going to have to hear this. But, yeah, I'm going to go Kid, Luca, Dirt, Rolando Blackman, James Donaldson. So so now if you just went 
without without uh position, just your top five Mavericks, your favorite Mav five oh. Mavs. We're gonna my save you. Five Mavs all time. Oh, my favorite five Mavs all time. Well, that means obviously Dirk. Mm-hmm. Um, just no relation towards like how great they were. Okay, so that's easy. Um, Deshaun Stevenson. Man, like, cause like, dog, man, y'all know Deshaun mm-hmm. Stevenson, um, Dick Van Exel. Mm. Okay. Um, obviously, Dirk, Nick Van Exel, Deshaun Stevenson, um, Luca, because already I'm so happy we got a phenom. Like, I don't even know how. Okay. Like, I can. We never had this before. Like, y'all had Patrick Ewing, bro. Yeah, y'all never had a phenom before. Like, we ain't never had a... Like, Dirk wasn't a phenom. People don't understand this. Dirk had to grow into Dirk. So, and, um... Number five. I'm gonna say, um, you know, because, like, I met him before he passed away. And my uncles and them, they would swear up and down he was the greatest thing ever. And every time I hear a story about him, it's great. But when I met him, he was a great person. Roy Tarkley. Hmm. So um, Roy Tarpley was yeah, Roy Tarpley was the man. So you have you don't have Nash, Michael nope. Finley, Joe nope. Jackson, Monster nope. Nash. Nope. You don't got nope. none. I'ma tell you what. I'ma tell you why. Because as a kid, I was very depressed when we lost all of them at once. And I mm. swore that Tony Braxton, I told it, I swore that to this day, I told this kid, I'm glad that so by the way, that Tony Braxton story is fake. That's not real. I know that. Right. It's not real. No, it, it, yeah, know, it's really not real. I know. And I remember telling Jason Kidd, as a kid, I didn't understand that. I was about 11, 12 years old when all this was happening. So I didn't understand the variables of it. So I'm like, oh, man, y'all let Tony Braxton ruin y'all. Like, we could have had a chance. Um, but listen, you know listen, what? I'm going to take you. Don't, you, you, you don't get Nash and Dirk, and they don't break up, though. Yeah, but my thing is this we never were good with Jason Kidd now. Like, we were never good. Like, we were, like, dude, we were so bad. It's how bad we were. One of the best-selling jerseys that we had in the stadium at the time was George McLeod. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, no disrespect, that's, that's pretty bad. Okay, <laughs> like, 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 I'm being for real. Like, like, we traded, like, look, we don't get, obviously we don't get Steve Nash because of the Jason Kidd thing, but my thing is this, like, look, I love Steve Nash. Like, mm-hmm. Steve Nash is probably one of my favorite people, but... I think honestly, you know what? I'm a, instead of Roy Tarpley, I'm putting I'm putting Jason Kidd. And the only reason why I put Jason Kidd in there because I remember I was so I was probably the only person in Dallas that wanted that trade to happen. When we traded all those guys for him. Because everybody wanted Baron Davidson, wanted different kind of point guards at that time. And I was like, we gotta get Jason Kidd. And when he came back and he won a championship, it was sort of like redemption. Mm-hmm. And to me, Jason Kidd is one of the five best point guards of all time. Just pure point guards. Like right. I don't know if I've ever seen like what he did with New Jersey. We ain't gonna never. I don't know if we ever see that again. I was there a lot. I don't even think it was a. Yep. Yeah, yeah. New Jersey, man. Like, look, I love Ken Martin and them guys, but nah, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not again. So Chris Hendo's Mount Rushmore NBA. Who you have? Damn. Kareem. Oh, that's easy. No, this is this too easy. Kareem, MJ, LeBron, Magic. Copy. Mm. Uh, the person that got you into media or sports talk, who was that person? Two people. Um, Chris Arnold. He is one of the, he's, he's a local legend here. He's, he's, he's big time. He, he's local. I'm going to say this. He's one of the greatest things ever. He was a hip hop guy for the years, but I, he started doing sports and got me into it. And, um, Stuart Scott, um, I met Stuart Scott and, 
obviously being a kid watching ESPN, you know, Stuart Scott was like the man, um, you know, from a relation from our generation with hip hop and stuff and sort of relatable. Like he had all the quotes and cool things and players love him. And I've always wanted to strive to be the guy that players wanted to talk to versus, hey, I don't want to talk to this guy. So, yeah, those two come to mind. Um, man, and honestly, just seeing guys like, you know, Mara Rashad on TV on NBA Inside Stuff, hanging out with Michael Jordan. Gotcha. I always dreamed of the day that I, I would hang out with the best player in the world every day and be able to interview him and, you know, stuff like that. So, but those two, Chris Arnold and um, Stuart Scott, man, like, I really wanted to be on ESPN, but then I realized that was just, like, not my thing. So, <laughs> I, I like what I do. I like being behind the scenes more. Right. Uh, I know Randy has more, but I have best player you've seen live in the NBA all time. Like, the uh, best player you've seen live. Oh, well, See, oh, oh, oh. So why y'all do this, man? Okay. <laughs> You're in the corner. I mean, I told you this is gonna happen. See, because I love LeBron. Jack. I love LeBron. Mm-hmm. That's I'm, who I love. So. I think okay. In my adult years, LeBron, but I also saw Michael Jordan in his prime. Nice. And, That's and the one time that we actually beat the Chicago Bulls, we beat them the final year, and. and I ain't gonna never forget that, man. I don't like I like as a kid, Michael Jordan was God. Like I'm not like like look, man. You look, I know LeBron. I always argue with you about Kareem and LeBron being in the greatest category of all time, but you know, Michael Jordan as a kid was a superhero. And my grandfather, for some odd reason, that one every time the Bulls came here, I never got a chance to go. Like my uncle would always talk his way into it, and I was like, oh man, they knew I loved Jordan. Right. But I never forget, man, that game. I had the pinstripe jersey on. Man, I had I had my twelves on. I was the happiest kid in the world. And, you know, seeing Mike in person, man, he didn't have the greatest game versus the Mavericks. But obviously Mike is Mike. But yeah, man, I saw LeBron in his zenith, y'all. When that's he was crazy. in Miami. And, and oh, I saw him in Cleveland. Wow. I didn't know like that's unreal. And also I've seen Shaq. So I didn't seen Kobe rest in peace. Wow. Kobe Kobe may have had the greatest <laughs> performance I've ever seen versus the Mavericks ever. Gotcha. That six three point uh, that six three point game was crazy. Like ah, uh, you know, look mm-hmm. to this day, I've never seen anybody go off on the matters like that. I I hate that. So I'm gonna say if I had to pick one, I would definitely say MJ because it's just a mystique. Yeah. But in my adult years, LeBron James has been the greatest player I've ever seen. Gotcha. Like because uh, we grew up with LeBron. Like right. that's the thing that we gonna all understand. I we all became grown men with LeBron in a way, right? So LeBron, yeah, man. But right. MJ, who? My God. Nah. It ain't nothing like when MJ came to town. Exactly. You can't go wrong with that. I have two more, but I'm going to say one now and save this for last because I, I, this is really the hot okay. seat question. But, Randy, you can go ahead with two and I can do two more, whatever you, how you want to do it. Okay. Um, got it right here. So I see the Mavericks are going back to their, their throwback court edition mm-hmm. this year. I, I, I'm not sure of the whole entire season, but maybe a, a few games. Mm-hmm. Um are you throwback Maverick logo or are you current Maverick logo fan? Um, I, I love the the cowboy hat, the '80s logo. I've always been a uh, rest in peace to Don Carter, the owner. Um, they did a um, tribute to him when he died a year ago, and um, they had to love his name on the court with mm-hmm. the with the hat logo. Um, I the green uniforms are the best uniforms I've ever seen in Dallas history. Like they gotta wear those full time. 
I know it's just a temporary thing. I've never been a fan of the 2000s Mavericks because the dark blues and the blues and stuff, but I the green uniforms are my favorite uniforms as far as like throwbacks in general. Like, right. I look, that was some of the glory days for the Mavericks. So I enjoy the the old logo. Like people don't realize those eighties Mavericks in the late eighties, they were Western Conference final scene going against the Lakers. Exactly. So uh, so I I'm a true believer of the throwbacks. So not not counting the 2011 championship run. Uh-huh. What is your favorite Mavericks all-time playoff series? Mm. Oh man, that's easy. Utah, um, the first year that we actually won a playoff series with Dirk, Calvin Booth hit the game with the shot. Oh uh, one, uh, yeah. Um, the reason why because nobody gave us a fighting chance. And I didn't give us I didn't give us a fighting chance. And out of all people to hit a game winning shot, Calvin Booth hit the game winning shot. Like that has to be the craziest scenario ever. And it kind of just upstarted what we know now is like Dirk Nowitzki being the guy. Because um, I didn't enjoy when we played Sacramento because Bobby Jackson became Michael Jordan all of a sudden. And then you know I didn't enjoy I, I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy any of the other Spurs series because Derek Anderson became. You know, Clyde Drexler all of a sudden. So like, but, we but, always used to get them. you beat them. You beat them in Game Seven, Oh Six. I thought, I thought you we were did. Yeah. No, no. And the reason why I won't go there because to me, if I had to pick a series that I enjoyed the most, unfortunately, it was when they swept the Lakers. Because okay. the Lakers that year, when they swept the Lakers in the championship year, but we not counting that year because I mean, yeah, I mean, because Ginobili, Ginobili did the dumb foul, and I was like, oh my god, we got a chance, and, and we actually won. But to me. 2001 was the start of something great. It sort of showed that, hey, we got a chance to compete, and then we're back next year winning 55 games, and mm. the rest was history. We were we we're competing team. I would say um, <clears throat> even the, the series we lost versus Miami, because, like, I still know to this day we should have won that championship. Like, I know there was a lot of cheating going on. As oh, well. man. Cheating. <laughs> yeah, like the, the ref. Hey, man, when the ref when the ref writes a book and tells y'all that it was cheating. Look, du- I love Dwayne Wade, but I hate Dwayne Wade too because of that. Because he's hate. He, you want to talk about the most hated athlete in the NBA that comes with that? It's Dwayne Wade by far. Dwayne wow. Wade is the most hated athlete in Dallas. I swear to God, it's not even close. You ask any marriage fan right now on social media, Dwayne Wade is the most hated NBA player. Still in, in NBA. Oh my God! Think about it. Shit. Oh, still because even when he came here, when they did the him and Dirk had the, the jersey thing, mm-hmm. they booed. I've never heard them boo this loud in the stadium ever in my life until they showed him on the screen. Well, well, well that's because D Wade beat John 06, right? Destroyed John. Yeah, but they beat D Wade in twenty eleven though. It wasn't that. It's what happened in twenty eleven when Dirk. If you guys remember, Dirk got the flu and he got sick. And Dwayne oh, Wade did the fake. Dwayne Wade did the Yeah. And then he kind of had some comments where he said, I don't really care for the Dallas fans. They always crying or whining. <laughs> you know, because we were still talking about 06. And yeah, revenge was great. But I, I'm dead serious right now. Dwayne Wade is hated in Dallas. <laughs> he is the most hated. He's hated more right now than any, than any New York Giant, any Philadelphia Eagle, any Washington Redskins. Any Houston Rocket, any San Antonio Spurs, even LeBron, Ever. even LeBron. Oh, oh man, we've been like, look, man, we love LeBron because we know LeBron loves Dirk. Like, look, we love LeBron because LeBron let up and well, not let up, he didn't do good in the finals that year. So we happy because we probably hate LeBron. 
But we thankful LeBron didn't show up in 2012 or 2011. So now we got a championship because of that. Oh. So like, yeah. Like LeBron, like man, when LeBron comes in, it's a show, man. Got you. Mm. So uh, my my last one before Joey goes next. Uh, I think he'll, he'll, he'll wrap it up next. Uh, uh, try to put your bias to the side. This is a real legit. Okay. Question. Where do you okay. rank? Where do you rank Dirk all time power forwards? Mm. He's top. He's top five. I think that the reason why he's top five because I I look at the legacy part, and that's where it gets interesting yet because. His longevity has to speak on something on that. Because, yeah. unfortunately, Kevin Garnett wasn't the same after year 15. But Dirk was still playing at a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, my respect for Dirk is a little different. And it's non-biased. But the idea that he stayed with one team and actually won the championship with them holds a lot of weight. Because my thing on KG is this. As much as I love now, the only reason I keep mentioning KG because those two come up the most in the argument. Because, obviously, Tim Duncan... You know, it's, he's probably the greatest powerful whatever. Even though I think he's a center, he's the greatest powerful whatever. Who else um, you got? Duncan, who else? Who else? I mean, obviously, we don't like him as a person, but Carl Malone, okay. you know, he's got to be. Um, That's two. Charles Barkley. You got Barkley, and you got and you got Dirk. That's four. And so he said KG, there? I think. KG, KG, yeah, KG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only other person I could replace if I could, I would, I would throw in. Um, if I if I had to take one person, I would take Barkley out, and I would make a case because in a few more years, if he wins the MVP in another championship, Anthony Davis may end up in that list. Like we talked about this before. That's From right. Skills that I don't know we I don't know we ever seen a guy like this before in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, Elvin Hayes comes to mind. Kevin McHale, who I think is probably the most skilled power forward. Not named obviously Anthony Davis or KG. You know, from a certain standpoint of what he could do in the post. But um, I got Dirk as number one. If I had to pick, I would say Dirk is number three. Gotcha. Mm. And I know a lot of people get mad at that because they're like, he got to be better than Carl Malone. I, look, I know Carl Malone. It's a different story with Carl Malone. But Carl Malone, man, at one point in time, he was considered, if Michael Jordan didn't exist, the best player in the world. Like, he won MVPs. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he didn't win championships. You can blame the system. I know a lot of people say he played with John Stockton. But I've never seen a fadeaway or a mid-range like that where he could just just immediately pop it up in there. And he was super athletic. Like, he's like LeBron, maybe not with the point guard skills, right? right. His longevity speaks to mind. Um, he was always in the championship in the mix. Um, but, yeah, Carl is definitely in that list, but... I'm going to say um, Tim Duncan 1, Carl 2, Dirk 3, uh, KG 4, and Barkley 5. Nice. All right, Joe, take it home. All right, got two more. Chris, uh, favorite mm-hmm. player you interviewed? Damn. That's Damn. tough. I know, that's tough. Favorite I mean, player? You um, could say Randy Cruz and me, but, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll bow down to the rest. Go ahead. <laughs> favorite player? Uh... Man, I mean, okay. Top one do three. You want to do top three? So you want to put B on the on the hot seat? Nah, that's even worse. Because then I'm gonna name three. That <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Um, my favorite interview because it's probably my most legendary interview okay. to this day. It's gonna it's gonna be the Kevin Durant interview because it wasn't supposed to happen. And that's like a long interview. That was like an hour and twenty minute long, just me and him talking, and it sort of put me at a different level. KD right. was definitely one of my favorite. Um. When LeBron comes, Dirk, Dirk's last game, 
you know, for 10 years, I never did a one-on-one interview with Dirk. Never. I was, I just never did it. We would talk, shake hands, laugh, joke around, but I never interviewed Dirk until one time. And I remember me and him talk sneakers and everything. And he was just like, why you never interviewed me before? I said, because every time I tried, your locker was full. There was 30 <laughs> people in his locker. Um, Dirk, because Dirk is such a good person, man. And obviously Steve Nash. Because Steve Nash broke the mold for me. Because I remember my first NBA game, true story. People laugh at this today because they don't believe it. My first home game, well, first NBA game I covered, I wore a suit. I ain't wore a suit to NBA game ever again. <laughs> I wore a suit. You know, I, I, had suit I, had on, I had on I had on suit and dress shoes, right? I had the big Steve Harvey suit on. This is 2009. So y'all got to mind the suits wouldn't fit it back then. We was wearing the big baggy joints. I had a baggy suit on. It was 100 degrees inside the stadium. And I looked uncomfortable. And Steve Nash came up to me. I was sitting in the locker room. And Steve Nash was just sitting there. He was like, you, you want to talk to me? And I was just like, I sat there and I got scared. I was like, yeah, he said, come on, man, you got to tighten up and loosen up a little bit. And when he said it, kind of just woke me up. Yeah. And I was just like, man. And I remember they had another game. And I, can't, and I was just like, dude, I've never worn a suit again. And he was just like, what do you like? I said, I like sneakers. He said, why are you not wearing them now? You're wearing like church shoes. I was like, oh, man. Because I'm thinking like, you know, you got to come like your Sunday's best for you game. And Steve Nash broke the mold for me, man. So I would say him, LeBron. Um Man, I love my 90s guys, like Stan Sabalos, different guys that I've interviewed that were 90s NBA players because as a child, they don't understand this. And I hate to do this to them because every time I talk to them, it's like I bring the fact that I was a kid watching y'all. And now I'm a grown man and we're talking about stuff that I always dreamed about talking with you guys about. Um, Yeah, I would say those. It's a lot of them. Because it's it's been very enjoyable for me because I don't know if I've ever I've never had a bad interview. Maybe one, but I'm not gonna say that person's name because I don't even think y'all even know who he is. Um Sean Williams. He played yeah. not yeah. the other not not the good Sean Williams. That was a bad Sean Williams. He played <laughs> with G League. And um I never forget this, man. Dirk played Dirk was at the Legends game one time and Dirk was talking to me, and I was just like, man, I got to get something out of this. So I went up to Sean Williams. I was like, hey, man, you might do an interview with me. He didn't want to talk to me. It was the craziest thing ever. And I'm like, bro, you're in the G League. Like, you better talk. <laughs> and, 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 and the craziest part was Rashad McKenzie. Rashad McKenzie was right there. Y'all know Rashad McKenzie. Yeah. No Rashad McKenzie pulled me by my shirt. He said, hey, come talk to me, bro. I got you. And Sean Williams just, I ain't never seen a dude since in the NBA. So crazy, yeah. That uh, was that was a crazy one. So, so I, I'm gonna say definitely that one. Okay, so his I guess it leads into my last thing. So, uh, if we were to call upon you to bring a guest, who who more like who more likely do we get from you in terms of on the Cruise Control Podcast Network, Kevin Durant or Mark Cuban? You gotta choose one, and we're gonna hold you to that. And my birthday's coming up Mark. next month, so I'm a KD fan. Just want to throw it out there, but just you know, I got no. love for you. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest with you. KD is my dog. Love KD, but you had to get him on a good day to talk. I'm gonna say Mark is easy. Mark is easy, believe it or not. And I think you would probably look. KD would be fun to talk basketball with, but I don't know if KD wants to do interviews right now. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Mark kind of lives with the camera, so Mark is like he's on TV, bro. On Shark Tank, 
And my thing on Mark is this. Mark is a different kind of energy. Um, obviously, KD would be easy. Um, if I throw a wild card in there, I would say maybe Dame Little, Jamal Crawford come to mind. Um, those are my brother's favorite players. Order. Those are my brother's favorite players. Yeah. Now, I know I know Jamal. Look, man, I've already look, I already sent the MO to Jamal. Jamal is gonna end up doing it. So like you may be in luck on that one. Jamal is Jamal is my guy. Um shout out to Jamal. Yeah. yeah. Uh I would say like a couple other modern NBA guys, some of the role players I love. Um right. Langston Galloway for the Pistons. He's one of my favorite to interview because mm-hmm. he, he likes everything uh, that I commonly interest like in um Curry. Bokers. I think um, Seth Curry is a great interview. Nice. Um, he's fun, energetic. Um, but I would say if I had to pick one, Mark Cuban, out the rip. Gotcha. Like, look, man, I just don't know Katie. Like, I call Katie at the right time. Like, I love my dog. He's my dog. But I know him. He, you know, he wants to be in the back. He don't care about all that. Like, he's yeah. he wants to just hoop. His motto is just to hoop exactly. and go home and gotcha. play video games. Like, Mark, y'all would enjoy Mark because. He's a basketball like like KD is a basketball savant. He knows everything about the game. He can talk twenty hours about basketball. But Mark is a different kind of energy. Gotcha. And I, I would say more. I would say more. I would say more. So. Hey, listen, Chris. I appreciate you tonight, man. We spent a lot of good time on memory lane and talk about That's basketball. Great. Talk about your career. Talk about what you do for the not only for this podcast and what you do online, but for the Mavericks and what you do for players. Yeah. So we could, want to commend you. Um, whatever comes the pipeline, just keep us in mind. Uh, we love what you what, you, oh, what you, you do, and we support you. So, uh, I just want to say thank you for tonight and um, joining us on the Commissioner Corner podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. Uh, if you want to share with the people how to follow you and what you got coming up, please do so, and then we'll wrap up shop. Well, well, first off, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Everybody. Be sure to follow the commission. I'm following it right now. I see the notification on Twitter. So I'm following, obviously, this channel back as well. Um, be sure to subscribe to this channel. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, I'm, it's a pleasure to meet you, Joe. And Thank I you. tell people all the time, if you ever want to talk some old school basketball, some history stuff, there's only one person that comes to mind. I know. I told a dude the other day, he thought he was the, the smartest, like, 90s basketball guru ever. I said, I know somebody right now I can call that can probably tell you about every game, every stat. I know who it I is. Can think of. I know who it is. You know, Randy, 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 I tell Randy all the time, he he has the trifecta. Uh, he, he, he's, he's a trifecta. He, he's charismatic. And not only that, he's a wrestling guy. And he knows the golden age of wrestling. Right. Not too many guys are, and he knows how to put it in angles. Like when he talked about this NWO Brooklyn thing, I, was, I had to think about that. Like, damn, that is kind of shit. I'm gonna yeah, show you. I'm gonna show you a throwback. Hold on. Oh shit. Yeah. We don't, we don't. Yeah. So like. Chris, you're not alone, yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna make magic from now on. But when you have these kind of pitches, man. Oh and shit. You with the goat, and we're throwing up signs. And excuse me for the parental advice, yeah. but my that's brother, right. my brother is amazing. That's- amazing. Man, shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin, man. You know, Texas guy, of course. Man, like, it's funny because, like, when they were wrestling at the Sportatorium, this dude, was, he had blonde, long hair. Mm. And I didn't think too much of it at the time. And we were thinking, like, man, this is another guy. Next thing you know, he becomes this just legend, man. One of my favorite. Just icon, man. Crazy. Just, not only would he be in the ring, man, like, so when you want to, if I have flashbacks of wrestling moments, it's just a little itty-bitty stuff, his, his mic skills. Different things that he did, the relation yeah. that he had with our generation, being a rebel. Man, you know, shout out once again to you guys. 
for what you guys do on both of you, both of you, your podcasts. You know, shout out to Ballers Life, shout out to everyone out there that's watching. Mm-hmm. I appreciate all the Mavs fans that are tuning in right now. I see y'all. Thank y'all. Y'all need to be looking at this channel because it's good stuff on there. So y'all need to definitely subscribe to my man's channel. But um, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. It's C underscore Hendo. Everything else is C Hendo throughout social media on different IG platforms. If you're a gamer, I'm a big time gamer, so I love playing right. video games. So so like if you guys like video games, I I'm into that sneakers. Of course, if you go on my IG page, it's nothing but shoes on there and interviewing guys about shoes. My YouTube channel is C Hendo website as well. I'm part of a radio show called Most Sports Talk. I work with Fanatics View and MLB. I cover baseball. I do, like I said, I love sports. So, like, and then also, like, like I said, hopefully, eventually down the road, I'm going to be getting my wrestling guys involved. So, that's right. We're going to see. We're going to see, man, because, like I said, it's a good thing, man. But I'm excited, man, to see where, where the commission's going to go and, Randy, where your pod goes, where everybody goes, man, because I think this is a, a big deal, man, because we need this. Thank you, brother. Um, like, Thank I you. Randy, I, I, like I told Randy, like I told Randy, it's a refreshing feeling when we get those threads talking about who got the best jerseys because it just brings back memories, man. Yep. <laughs> he got me He got me to like the Memphis jerseys again because I was like, I thought they were hideous. And then I looked at them now as a dope. They're the greatest uh, look, looking jerseys I've ever seen. So, yeah. yeah, man. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. No I, I love this moment, man. And like I said, definitely we go, we go. We're going to get Jamal and Mark. Well, I think we're even if, even if we do it together, even if we could do it together, it could be, you know, it don't have to be singled out. We could do it together. Um, yeah. I, I, I've i heard about you for the past four or five years, and I, I have nothing yeah. but respect for you because my brother put you on a pedestal in terms of the 90s and nostalgic stuff. So when I did it, when I wanted to do this podcast and my partner BG wasn't available today, I said, I got to get Chris Hendo on because one, you're true to the game, you're genuine, and... Um, mm-hmm. You're authentic, and I appreciate you tonight. I know Randy want to close out with you before we uh, exit out. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say, Chris, you, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's always love with you, man. And um, anytime you want to come on, no invite needed. You want you know you 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 know hit me up. I do want to commend you for what you've been doing. Yes, I know, you know, in the social media world out there, that people who, <laughs> who do this kind of realm that, that we do, but don't have a major affiliation behind oh, yeah. it and you you want that credit you want that limelight you want to show the people that i'm doing this without a major backing and i and you someone like you who has the credentials who has the rolodex saying that i can do this with with, with or without you so i i just want to commend you for that saying that with or without a major affiliation you're still going to do what you do you're great at it someone like me is following in your footsteps so um hopefully me and you can can create this new wave of people who put out dope content, whether we get paid for it or not, or have a sponsor or not, or have a major affiliation backing it or not, we're still going to go out there and, and, and do our thing. Oh, man, I agree with you, man. Like I told you, I mean, my first my first ever tweet that I saw from you, it was an NBA player that happened to retweet your thing. And you probably didn't notice it, but like when I saw it, I was like, okay, he don't retweet much. And for him to retweet <laughs> something that I did, and then all of a sudden I'm going, and then all of a sudden I go down the list, I start seeing, okay, I was a little worried because I was like, man, he a Knicks fan. This ain't gonna be, this ain't gonna oh, end well. He's gonna be fine. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I said, all right, so he cool, so he 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 understands that the Knicks may not be good, but he's pretty realistic about these things. And then like, you love the culture, man. Like that's that's something that's lost. Like you bring those memories of like when you start talking about like one day you're talking about like all these '90s NBA guys. And all of a sudden, you brought up Sharif Abdul Rahim, and I'm like, 
Man, nobody ever talks about that dude, man. <laughs> he was a great player. Exactly. And for you to bring him up, for you to bring him up, I'm like, damn, man, I need to go watch some video. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then of course, and of course, like when I need to find some stat wise, I'm like, hey, man, I know who got the stat. So it's just it's there. So like I said, yeah. man, we appreciate you. Like I said, I, I never like I said when it comes to like views and stuff. The greatest thing that ever happened. Because like I said, I've been on several different ESPN shows just because of what happens. Mm. And then all of a sudden people start asking questions. And like I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'd rather have a thousand people who love me and follow me versus 20,000 that just want to follow me because I look cool. Mm. Right? right? And I think that at the end of the day, when we're in our business, the thing that we're going to learn the most is that it's going to be a slow grind for a while, but then one day something's going to happen. Yep. And it's yep. going to click. Yeah. And then we're going to look back and we can't lose that authenticity because everything that you guys do is original. Right. The things that you do original, like your story, Randy, about Melo is like one of my favorite stories to talk about to hear because like the, the relation that you have with Melo, you having the access to be around the Knicks in the organization. Yep. The things that, those are the things that like the average person can't say. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even say that. Like, look, yeah, I cover the marriage, but I never worked with the marriage. You know, you've been in that arena as an employee. So you, you've you been right. around the arguably the greatest basketball mecca. You know, I know Knicks get, you know, we shit on them about the things, but you've been in the mecca before. And and at a good time, and you were a fan when they were at their peak. So yeah. I think it's dope, man. And then, like, you don't hold back. You're not biased. You, you don't argue with people. That's one thing I've learned in the last few years. I'm not going to argue. Like, I enjoy everybody's opinion. It could be the craziest of ones, but like, mm-hmm. hey, we enjoy it. So I'm proud of both of you guys. Now I know that you got damn near a twin that at least he don't like the Knicks. So you're a Knicks <laughs> fan, right? <laughs> oh, Joe? I, 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 I am not, I'm not a Knicks fan. I'm not even a bas- I'm, I'm not a basketball team fan. I just like LeBron. I mean, I love LeBron. I'm just, uh, okay. I'm just a, a person that loves the game. Like, I love right. the craft okay. and how they Several make the things. game look so easy and I uh, appreciate that. Because I not be besides this, I'm a referee, so and I do, you know, we do our own tournament, oh. so hoops in the sun, so yeah. we able to see players. But now when we see these kind of players and compare it to what we really see every summer, and sometimes we yeah. get them up to the beach. I mean, it just yeah. it's just a beauty. It, it's a it's a canvas for me, and I like to I make my it. own canvas. So I hope that 2021 is a better year for all of us, and I think that the energy oh, that we're speaking me. about, I think that one of us. If not all of us can create our own podcast together or maybe do our own show together, I think it'll make sense. Um, but from the bottom of my heart, it's a pleasure meeting you on this platform. Uh, and you made my night. So whoever watching, please follow Chris Henderson at C underscore Hendo on Twitter. This is the this is the guy. This is for, this is who we looked forward to for news. I know you guys mm. love Woj. I get it, Shams. I get it, but. Chris, you my guy, man. Have a wonderful night. Stay blessed and be healthy, all right? Likewise. Salute, brother. God bless. All right.